Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. I'm JP. I'm Gareth. And I'm Matty. And a full set. Uh, we managed to uh, corral Gareth uh, back onto the main show, landed in, uh, on our shows only a, a few hours ago. You haven't checked the news yet, Gareth. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. We'll fly through the show. Got none to, uh, you know, not to hold us up or talk about. We we brought you on just to talk about all him, mate. We didn't get, we get your belated thoughts from last week. That's still uh, the primary news um, story. You know, remember all in like six months ago. It was great, wasn't it? When we were all there around Wembley, we had a great time. No, anyone? <laughs> Fucking hell. Anything? <laughs> anything happened? Have I missed nah. that? <laughs> Very quiet, oh, Mike. Everyone is good mates. The end. Oh. Especially these two lovable rogues behind me for video viewers. <laughs> JV said the famous last words today. Oh, it'll be a short one. Um, maybe not. <laughs> Whatever, that's, uh, it feels an age since we last uh, recorded, but genuinely, yeah. Did you, did you listen to the last week's show, Gareth? You got you now the. Uh, you should have it in your title on the YouTube videos, the Wheelman, uh, Gareth Hodgson, Matthew singing your praises. Um, <laughs> Gareth, <laughs> I want to hear it from your side now, mate. I want to know what the truth of the matter was. Uh, all went. Did you get your petrol money? Did you, you know, did they uh, chip in for any food on the way? Not Tim Hortons, obviously, for anyone listening to the free show. But... Yeah, yeah, I got my petrol money from Matty. <laughs> I'll just. <laughs> not saying how much, but he got some money, JP. I'll, I'll, I'll just leave hand, some... Cash in hand as well. Right in his hand. Right in the palm of your hand, Gareth. <laughs> uh, was it like being Matty's chauffeur for, uh, for half a week, Gareth? His uh, <laughs> no, wheel was man. It was, it was good. He's got, he's got low. Um, I, was, I was laughing because I haven't finished last week's show. Uh, I was wanting to finish it on the plane, but it hadn't uh, downloaded properly. So I'd listened to half of it, but he was very, uh, very glowing in his praise of me um, and my, my wheel man skills last week. But because of Matty's non driving low expectations, he was talking about me doing these uh, big turns and things like that. He was like, yeah, like a three point turn in a, <laughs> in a, in a street. <laughs> like, you know, like. <laughs> it's all right on the highway and on the motorways with cruise control and that. As I say, it's in the, the streets where he's just backing up, just manoeuvring it well. My, my, what a driver. I'd have made it look a bit flashy. If, 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 if that three-point turn was going to be so impressive, like, you know, I'd, I'd have made it look more difficult or something like that, you know, but uh, he, had a, he was pleased. I thought you were, like, <laughs> driving the wrong way down the M1 and shit like that, like it was fucking driver. Or you're Franklin in GTA 5 <laughs> that kind of vibe <laughs> but no it was, it was good we had a good we had a good laugh didn't we it was, uh, oh, it was playing, play, play, playing, playing the games along the way playing our wrestling, oh, wrestling games and that and the best game at the end, we were playing like uh, we took it basically from Davey and Braden their setup, but it was we had to fit, name a wrestler that I come up with that has a submission as a finisher and we went on for ages, or as used as, and it was great way to get of some 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 names getting plucked out of thin air, wasn't he? Good. There's was, there was, there was some ropey uh, ropey finishers yeah. getting, uh, getting, <laughs> getting deemed to be a finisher on there, like Matthew's uh, making up ones. Randy Orton did there, the Viper. <laughs> yeah, that's one. No, do you remember when Triple H started to use the sleeper for a couple of weeks? That got through in there. <laughs> uh, that was it. Yeah, that was it. I think that, well, that was your line, wasn't it? He used it for four weeks in two thousand and two, yeah. or something like that. I was like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it, Gareth. It was fucking great. It was great. So thank you oh, again. Oh no, oh no, it was br- it was brilliant. It was um, it was mm. like I mean, you said the same in like return. It was good. It was good just to get spend that amount of time with you, kind of thing. Just yeah. to, just to 
you know, we had a good laugh on the journey down, had a couple of good nights out and things. I think it was the only thing I was saying to Matty was it was a, it was a shame that like it's funny, isn't it? Like for this big thing where the four of us are going to London and things, and then you've got that like you, you go to a couple of shows and you're doing our own show and things, and then I feel like. Other, well, like, I feel like I spent about 15 minutes with both of you two because yeah. <laughs> there was just so much going on. And I like come away yeah. and I feel, in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm getting a weekend with Benno and JP. And then I had like, oh, sorry. <laughs> like, it was a, it was, just have a weekend meant- away. We'll have like a team building exercise. Where can we go? We actually uh, should, you know, even just a night, we should just like do it. Paintballing out in the woods. I'm going. Yeah. Definitely going. <laughs> Just all come down by you, JP, because we all live local. We'll get it. Gareth can drive us, be the wheelman. Oh, actually, I forget Bellow's the wheelman. I always forget you drive, Bellow. <laughs> you, you can get on the back of my scooter, mate. I'll scoot you all down. It'll be fine. Getting banned, those, <laughs> mate, in Paris. It'll, they'll, they'll ban them soon enough. They have to. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw MJF. You nearly killed yourself there. before on that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, that's why I didn't wear shorts on stage. Um, but yeah, it's like you said, though, Gareth, it, it was it was one of those weekends. Like I didn't see James here all that entire weekend. Andrew Thompson was over. I'm gutted I didn't get to see him, but like he was in London for two Farrell. days, so he wasn't going to bother with RevPro, was he? So, you know, he, he was doing the actual touristy stuff. One of them. We'll do another one. But I mean, yeah. I mean it, was, it was mad, though, because like the good thing was is the amount of people we did see, like, and it was absolutely just like, mm. it was just, yeah. it was, just, it was. I mean, obviously, you talked about it last week, but that was just—that's just the best—the best thing, like seeing our, our live show and just getting to, you know, all names that you see like on Twitter or in the chat and things like now, or people that you've like maybe had a, ch- a crack with at one show ever or things like that. Just having everyone in that same place and it just does—it was just like buzzing in there. I, I loved it. You just go around, just having a little chat to loads of different people and the, introducing themselves and just being like, "Oh, fucking hell, yeah, that's you!" Kind <laughs> of like you know sort of thing. And it was just such a such a brilliant vibe. I absolutely loved that. And even then, you know, at Rev Pro show and things like that, just just random people just like saying like you, you know hello how's it even getting a few thank yous for the for making the app from random people in the in rev pro who i like, had you know no idea from the podcast side of things and stuff like that so uh, that was a uh, that was pretty mm. cool as well it was just a brilliant 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 weekend i was just buzzing off i've just been buzzing off it in my head all week in in, in greece there like where i've had nothing to do just like lying by the pool just thinking about it all these memories coming back of the, of the weekends like what a mm. what a great time and good old um Good old tone, putting it in the calendar for next year. Uh, yeah, I'll have to make sure everybody's uh, everybody's all there together again next year. Make it an annual thing. It's what we need. It's like um, I don't know. Since the pandemic, like I said last week, there was a point where like we were all just in that pub after Rev Pro, and it was like say Joe's over there, the Ogdens were over there. You know, I think Will was in the corner. It just felt like it was like, oh, we're back. You know what I mean? It took AW to come over and run Wembley for it to happen. But you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know there were some some people we didn't see. Obviously, yeah, Simon, I didn't see until the uh, the night time at the uh, at the at the, uh, the karaoke and stuff like that. But yeah, it was uh, you know maybe we'll, we'll do uh, the New Japan show at the Copper Box and uh, and I'll get back together i was gonna say quick plug i'll throw in if you weren't there for the live show and you missed it like simon perfect timing you can get the, the audio is now up uh, it's on the patreon feed but it's free for everyone so if you just go to patreon.com grapple anybody can press play pretty sure you can do it on spotify as well that might be a little mm-hmm. bit more complicated but it's right there so you can uh, live back through it jp's listened to it but i still haven't can't listen back to myself don't know what it is listen back to myself on air all the time but on stage there's just something about it i just feel awkward listening back to myself i get it's like really three good. minutes in it turn it off <laughs> apparently it went well i'm told so that's good can, can, can that i can I just put in and just say, like you too? I thought you were fucking brilliant. I don't want to blow smoke up your ass, like on on here, like too much. But honestly, like I thought the like because 
you sort of there. There was the four of us in that back room before we went up on stage. And we all knew we hadn't prepared a thing, kind of thing, proper at all, kind of thing. Yeah. So that that could have gone anywhere. <laughs> could have, we were up, we were hungover, and everything like that, you know. And we, we were just there, like, right, let's go and do it, lads, kind of. And then, like, like fucking Benno, you should be presenting on TV, mate. You're fucking what a pro, like, like just the the way you held all that together, and the, like the you just you just swore down. You just it was all bloody planned out and well written and uh, or, or something like that that you'd followed and rehearsed. I thought, honestly, I thought you were fucking brilliant and and you, you know, like I said, I don't want to blow too much smoke, but uh, like JP as well. I thought you're on absolutely on fire. Like you're just um, you, you know just there with you whipping these fucking one-liners out and your references and things like that like i was i, I felt like i felt like i hardly said a word up there because i was just like pissing oh. myself just as as like just 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 laughing along like kind of thing like uh, and you, you know like matty knows what i think about how he did because yeah. i you know told him as told, told him as well but like honestly if you haven't listened to it like listen to it back and Big props to you too, because what a what a fucking great job you did! Brilliant, really, really brilliant. Uh, team effort, no, but thank you. Like I, I was, if for what I've done, definitely not going to go back and listen to it now. Now that you've said that, I'm going to. I never want to hear it back now. Apparently, it was great that we got that. I need Gareth's uh, Gareth's take on it and Gareth's uh, approval, so I'll take that. Like, yeah. It, it, Everyone there enjoyed it. The people who listened to the audio enjoyed it, but that yeah, that means a lot. Like, and although there was one, there was one person there who remained nameless who did tell me like we got a, got a bit of feedback in person that apparently the podcast was shit until Matty joined and it's good again. So that was good to hear from somebody. Yeah. Throw one at you, really? Matty. You brought us back. I haven't paid that one for that either. <laughs> <laughs> Like a dagger through my heart, that one. <laughs> you yeah, you're being nice, and I'm like, yeah, it's been Gareth. shit with you on, mate. Yeah. <laughs> you're the reason I'm here, mate. You're the reason I'm here. Oh, no. It was a team effort, yeah. D- D- like we said last time, Davey and Braden uh, definitely did the Lord's work, oh, yeah. oh. keeping the, the day together as well. He did, I know oh, we praised them last week, but he deserve all that praise that we uh, we gave them but yeah if you did miss out if that's not a hard sell enough definitely go back and uh and listen to it and i'm sure we'll do one again won't we will uh we'll figure out uh, another time at uh at some point to uh to do one but on the what's got us laughing at him sorry i'm just laughing at jordan i'm laughing at jordan's comment um uh, just referencing <laughs> referencing one of jp's jokes on the uh on the, on the night which was uh <laughs> Outstanding. When does the world of wrestling and Bobby Sands and the lads in Hatchbox <laughs> ever really mix? Well, if you go to patreon.com forward slash grapple, you'll find out. Listen to the live show. It's free. Then subscribe. Uh, Mike is saying here we still miss Rev Cho. He doesn't miss you guys. Sorry, guys. JP went for that. And I joke. Like, I'm sure he does. But like I mentioned last week, didn't I, JP? Not like him. Um, yeah, like obviously, Jake, he had someone come up to him and ask him if he was Grapple Joe, and he just said yeah. no. The funniest was late. I can't believe I didn't tell you this in person. The funniest was later, like in the night, we were out in that. Um, what was that place you went for a vegan meal? Um, grow. It was called Grow. Yeah, we were in there and bound for the reload had, had been on. You know, it had been yeah. a bit a, a big night. <laughs> like some somebody just another person came over. It must have been like the fourth or fifth person. Like, are you sorry? Excuse me. Are you Joe? And you could just see Joe. It was like it was his Larry David moment. He was ready to be like, right, I'm sick of this fucking grapple, all these fucking people. Because he was in a great mood up until that point. And then the person was like, Oh yeah, you used to teach me. You and JP were like uh, my tutors back in the day. 
and I've never seen it was like a it was like a comedy sketch. He just flipped into like being the nicest person. It was like, oh, it's so great to see you. I don't know who it was, JP. We'll have to figure it out. But we were all just stood there, literally waiting for Joe to snap, and then it just turned out that actually no, as long as you know, listen to a podcast, you're all good. <laughs> I think I know who it is. I'll ask him the next time I, I do like a walk with him when he's when yeah. he's working over in, in this neck of the woods so like i, I will bring I'll, I'll ask him who that was i think i know who it is and we taught him <laughs> on wrestling it was the one gr- good thing i did in teaching is when I made a drop roddy piper and they live and i went oh mm-hmm. no about the wrestling i thought here we go lance now we're <laughs> and then just like straight away before you know it joe is walking in my lessons and we're talking about ring of honor with him and i just went get paid for this this fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I joke though, no, it was great to have Joe back in the mix, it and was. he was happy to see oh, everyone, you know, see, see him chatting legend. to news again. And stuff. Matty was trying to sell him on the concept of uh, of time. That sounded weightier than I meant it. The, the podcast concept yeah. of time. <laughs> 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 well, Stephen Hawking on him again, mate. JP, he was having it, and I'm trying to chisel my way to get him to do a podcast about the bill, mate, because I've never been laughing my head <laughs> off so much, JP, how he was breaking down the bill storylines. You knew every character. Oh, oh mate, yeah. I had such a great time with that. Legend. Legend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, well, great. but yeah, if you see if you see at New Japan, don't approach. Oh, do approach because yes. it gives us funny stories. Um, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll work them back into the uh, to the whole mix uh, eventually, won't we, JP? But now you can get the uh, obviously get the, uh, the the audio back of our uh, our live show on the Patreon as well as this month we're doing Dealers Choice Month once again. Yes. I thought by by popular demand, I think the last one was around May time, was it? Maybe a little bit February. 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 Fucking hell, yes. time. Um, <laughs> Eight months ago. Been a year since the Punk promo, Jesus and now you're telling me that too. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so the, if you if you missed it last time general concept is all four of us get a get a, a we did a spin of the wheel uh, on the weekend show and we all get to pick one show each and um, that we have to do and everyone has to uh, to get involved uh no uh no no opting out uh it's one of those where you can we can do our worst or we can make everyone have a good time and do a podcast one or the other jp's was first up um and yeah jp you've uh and i'm mm. sure you're the you're the first one it's going to be uh matty after that then me then gareth but yeah what did you uh let the patrons know in the end the pre-show you're almost going to be so i went with fwa and ring of honor teaming up 17th of May 2003, I was at this show, Frontiers of Honour. So, and Maybe. none of you lads have seen it, which nope. is the as the Ring of Honour completist. Then I'm, I'm, I, I can see why, but I'm so, still. I feel like I've seen maybe a match, mm. but I, I couldn't tell you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's been like a, a pack on Extreme Wrestling Torrents or something like that, or like a ROH World Title Matches pack or something like that. Well, I might have seen the uh, the Zebra Kid match, but yeah, um, I got that's right up my street. Now, now I can't pick ROH unless Gareth is going to pick ROH as well, and then maybe it can be. An unofficial ROH month. Then again, Matty had picked like Jay Lethal, Jonathan Gresham here at ROH, so maybe not. Um, still counts, doesn't it? Still counts. Well, yeah, throw the careful on us there, JP. So, you know, it makes, uh, yeah. makes me have to think a little bit harder uh, about my one. But yeah, it's going to be a, a big month. So it's a great time to uh, to join the uh, yep. join the Patreon uh, to support the podcast and yeah, get some uh, some great content with four shows where we can we can all do our worst. And Matty can do Steve version two, aka. <laughs> Potentially Randall, which I'm convinced. I think if I say it enough times and make enough jokes about it, Matthew, you're not going to be able to do it. Um, you're going to have to think of something else. So, no, you know what that is? We're saving that for me and Jamesy because he's agreed to do uh, it at one point, hasn't yeah. he? So I'm not doing Randy. So he's ruled out. Okay, okay. Well, there you go. I'm revealing That's them good. all on the. 
<laughs> That's good news. <laughs> we reveal them all on the uh, on the pre-shows uh, every week as well. So if you join mm-hmm. the Patreon, you'll get the uh, the grapple spotlight pre-show too. And uh, we'll be revealing those choices where we have just a bit of a uh, bit of a chat before the uh, the live show. So yeah, that sounds good. This is your last month to get on the Patreon before we are going to be making some uh, some price changes at the beginning of the next month as well. So if you want to get in at the uh, the current price and lock that price in, what a what a great time doing this. Doing this. Hope I'm making you proud again here, Gareth. Uh, sales job. Um, get on now. Um, YouTube membership will be coming soon as well. So uh, look out for uh, for price and details on that. But that's enough on the hard sell. Patreon.com slash grapple for all of that, as well as uh, Spotify and wherever podcasts are sold. But we should get into the main stuff because, as we talked about, it's going to be a uh, a busy uh, big show. Isn't it this one, JP? We've got a uh, a lot to talk about. Uh, somehow, uh, this is the first time we're uh, we're recording since uh, some bigger uh, news stories uh, broke at the weekend. I almost. Don't want to launch into. I just want to be like Gareth. Do you want to talk about? Should we get one, a couple more happy memories in of all in before we uh, we get into this before our whole world uh, cause crack comes crashing down? Uh, well, I really, I really enjoyed that CM Punk's Mojo match. It got me dead excited about the future and uh, what the next uh, next beats might be in uh, in, in, in Punk's uh, reign in, in AEW. So it's, it's exciting times, isn't it? What a difference a week makes. That's the thing when we were recording that, like that that podcast. Like I said, that live in the building. Like I had that same feeling of, oh, what a fucking amazing match. And then I looked at my phone and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, Philip. Like here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, you could also hear um or if you, if you were talking our audio, you can get the audio of me um on the weekend show for from Friday, swearing blind to JP that there's a uh, no chance Tony Khan's ever gonna grow a set of bollocks from Sax CM Punk. In fact. When the news came through, and you'll love this, Matty, I was sat out, I was drinking at a, a nice filter coffee, best filter coffee in town outside there, uh, Dunkin' Donuts in town. Me and Steph were sat there, and I was literally halfway through the sentence to Steph going, There's no way he'll sack him. It's just, just not going to happen. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and Robert had posted the story in our Discord. So my world came crashing down. I'm guessing, Gareth, you were on a beach somewhere, uh, thinking of your happy memories of, uh, of all in when uh, this week's it. Big news, bro. It was kind of, in, in some ways, it was kind of like the best best way to kind of find out the news because it was just a little bit like, well, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and just like, you know, sort of go into the fucking detail of it kind of thing too much. It was kind of one of those. I saw, sort of saw it and I was like, oh, well, that's expected <laughs> kind of thing. And just, yeah, I'll get on with my holiday kind of thing. Whereas if I'd have been sat at home or sat at work, I'd have been like fucking this just at my phone for like 20 hours, just waiting for the next uh, next uh, thing to break it break down with it. But like, it's, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was it was one of the, you saw all of you left coming out of Wembley feeling like, I don't know where you're saying he's never going to grow a set and fucking sack him. It was feeling like, if he doesn't do it now, I think it was Crewy, wasn't it? While we were watching the show, he said he, he he was on his phone and he was like said about like fucking hell, this happened like you know yeah. before the, before the match. So you sort of knew in the building something had gone on. So you, you know at, at at that point, so you you're thinking how far can this get like pushed? And then you're seeing like the angles of it have like been negative towards Jungle Boy and things like that. But then obviously, you know, the the retaliation and uh, everything like, you, you know, coming out of seeing Punk and things, you're just like, this this can't just keep going on forever kind of thing. So I think there was probably like 50% of my mind thinking, surely, like surely something's going to happen on the, back of, on the back of this now. So it didn't feel like the biggest surprise in the world that it happened. Mm. I think the biggest surprise in the world was probably more, like you say, Benno, that like Tony actually 
grew a set and did do something about mm. it. Not, not, not that, not that, you know, punks, punk had left in one way or another kind of thing. It was, um, it was some surprising, um, finally, uh, strong, strong leadership from, from Tony Khan. If you uh, if you believe what you read. Well, this is, we've got the statements up on screen here, JP. This was, uh, what, mm. what came out uh, over the weekend, obviously talking, uh, t- Tony Khan's, uh, big statement on AW written in a little bit of legalese. Um, and, uh, you know, with, uh, with nice platitudes there, but I was literally on Twitter. I was literally trying to figure, I was like, oh, this must be a fake Twitter account. This can't be the real AW. You can't just try. I was in denial, Gareth. That's what it was. I was like, oh, this, there must be. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry about it. It's the greatest work ever. <laughs> <laughs> to set up the long story to do the Kenny Omega match oh, it, all, it all makes sense now but yeah obviously I'll, I'll go through it to the timeline JP obviously first we got this uh, this statement um, that the AW Discipline Committee um, which we still don't know who the members are uh, convened with legal counsel before making a unanimous recommendation that uh, CM Punk be, uh, be terminated with cause uh, from AEW, uh, obviously there's a, a note there from from Tony Khan talking about how it was one of the uh, the most uh, difficult uh, decisions uh, he'd made, and if if that wasn't enough, we then had the uh, the collision collision. I mean, perfect timing, obviously. You know, three shows in Chicago on uh, in one weekend, <laughs> uh, absolutely the uh, the great time for this to uh, to happen. But Tony Khan did, in fairness to him, head off the uh, collision crowd. Um, it seemed to actually go relatively well, mm. despite. Uh, you know, some boost to, to kind of explain it to them. And then we basically got an identical statement uh, from Tony Khan before Collision, um, pro- provided by Tony Khan in his uh, standard deer, deer and hail headlights uh, style, as you can uh, you can see there in the, the video version, as he talks about, again, being the toughest decision of his uh, professional career to uh, terminate Bill Brooks and CM Punk. The biggest kind of thing that came out of this, and we kind of heard it a little bit in the in the reporting, you'll, uh, you'll hear the word lunge a lot today, um, but mm. Tony Khan, um, in his statements, obviously talked about, uh, you know, not wanting the uh, the fans to be uh, upset, but obviously talking about how, you know, the incident was uh, regrettable, endangered people backstage, that included production staff, the people who put the show on uh, every week. Uh, outright saying he'd been going to wrestling shows for 30 years, been producing them on this network for nearly four, and never felt until last Sunday that his security and safety and life was in danger. <laughs> That's what we're going to do on Matty. Um, Fuck. Feels dramatic, but, you know, maybe, you know, did Tony Khan write this? Did the legal people write this for him? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, obviously, I thought, no, we should feel that way at work, and therefore we had to come to the uh, decision to, uh, to relieve uh, Phil Brooks of his two responsibilities, JP, which I think is very interesting in this. Mm. Talks about his two contracts, um, presumably one as a wrestler, one as some kind of employee, probably to get benefits, but we don't know the ins and outs of that. What you know, what it was a special advisor to uh, to Tony Khan or something like that, or something maybe uh, worth a bit more on paper than uh, than allegedly being an, an EVP is. But yeah, got a, a quite a bit more detail, didn't we, on uh, on Saturday, JP? But yeah, mm. that's uh, that's what we know at this point. Yeah, and it had to happen. When you heard the full stories of this and the fact that there was multiple reports of the same thing, and given the statement, I mean, dare I say it, for this week, he managed to kind of head off, I think, a lot of potential issues somehow. And we'll get into this when we talk about the show itself as well. He was kind of got out of jail by some people, but in in this sense, it, it had to happen. And, you know, there's the image behind me here for video viewers of, like... <laughs> 
And it wasn't necessarily like this by all accounts. But if you're lobbing, as what is reported, lobbing tellies around, and you've been brought back effectively what sounds like on probation, you've broken that, haven't you? There's no way in the world that you haven't. And so he had to for all of the issues. It's just like it couldn't keep going on. And in this case, it just feels like he exploded. And, you know, while obviously that had to happen, and I imagine the disciplinary committee hopefully aren't made up of people really involved with AEW, talking about whatever HR department that he kind of employs, along with legal counsel and things like this. And this is the only sensible decision to kind of come to um, for it. (sighs) The thing is, he just can't play well with others. As brilliant as he is at wrestling, and as great a mind as he has, and even the kind of worker he is in the ring, he just can't play with others. He just can't do it. And whatever, like, and it's, you know, it's very easy, I think, at times to kind of portray this in this kind of binary, you're either punk or the elite, and that's kind of the way that the discourse has kind of gone around it. It's impossible to defend these actions, yeah? Like, you would have struggled to get away with this shit probably in the 70s to be honest with you, like in wrestling, probably in Death of the Territories, it feels like <laughs> more akin to that. And it is, it is as a CM Punk fan, incredibly sad that this has happened because the potential of stuff is there. But he's the one who blows this up, ultimately, in terms of the way he reacts. It feels like he never could get on with that locker room from the moment he walked in there. There was always seemed to be kind of issues beyond, like, the first, I don't know, it, doesn't, it feels like maybe have gone a month before there were some kind of rumblings about stuff going on there as well. So he had to do it, but it's a long time. And this is a, a problem. Ultimately, you can't help but feel could have been headed off at the pass if they dealt with things that happened a year ago and they mm-hmm. never did. And this situation was entirely allowed to fester without it ever being resolved. And splitting up the crews wasn't the thing to do it because eventually you have to bring people together. And the back office staff are kind of like one set group. You know, they are still one company, even if it's like they're touring on different days. And he fucked it for them. And it's sort of built up to this degree. And it's whether or not should there have been, like obviously the conversations that had gone on earlier on as well about trying to kind of head off all of the various issues that he had. But can you solve the issues that CM Punk had? That's the thing. Because I think there is a bigger conversation to be had about, you know, this obviously coincidentally this week, we've seen a lot of uh, news reported about a meeting that, you know, CM Punk and the, and the Young Bucks, the elite could have had mm. on the Wednesday when Dynamite and Collision was taped before All In. Strange time for that to be leaked to the press, isn't it? <laughs> it's almost like a narrative is trying to be set there. Um, and I say that as somebody who's, you know, a card-carrying member of uh, of the Collider team. Um, but, like, you know, that is an element of the story. And if that had happened, maybe we wouldn't be here. But can I say we wouldn't have been here in three months? Can I say we've been here in four months? Can I say that, you, like, knowing what ended up happening at all in, the young books are even wrong for not wanting to meet with? This psychopath, like, like, and I say that as someone who loves him, like, I'll I jokingly call them our psycho king, either on Twitter or on the podcast last week, because it was like, I can get enjoyment out of this. Obviously, you know, as a big CM Punk fan who loves the prize, Gara talks about the product that we see on screen and how you know how great he was at, at, at all in itself. You know, he's been a 
breath of fresh air in a company that's in creative disarray, I think. Like CM Punk's part of this, and specifically his little world in collision until it felt like he lost interest about three weeks ago. Um, you know, was a was an oasis away from some of the bad creative in AEW. There's all these positives and all these reasons I love CM Punk. And I can and you know, maybe it's immature, but I can even laugh at these stories and go, here he goes again. He's choking the jungle boy backstage. You know, is, is he gonna get is he gonna get Michael Nakazawa next week? What's he gonna do next week? Isn't it hilarious? I can say that as someone from the outside, but I think we've been consistent from the start. If you're Tony Khan and you're trying to run a business, he can't this just it was an untenable situation. And Yes, there are other elements to this, and there's mismanagement, and I'm sure you want to get into as well, Gareth, like along the way that got us to this position. But like, you've got to lay the vast majority of the blame at CM Punk's feet because, like, just the man will never be happy. (laughs) That's kind of what we've learned during this AEW run. There's always going to be something, there's always going to be like a you know, he's like, like I joked about last week, he's turned into the dad from South Park. Everton's a excuse to pop his top off and ask people if they want to go, if they want to go outside and have, a, you know, have, have another fight. He thought this was America. You know, it's like he's turned into that. He's turned into a fucking meme because the Jungle Boy said something stupid on on, on stream and he launched into, into all of what happened at All In backstage and it's very interesting that Jungle Boy hasn't been sacked too, that he's just been suspended in full view of cameras. So, like, you know, as much as even the steadfast CM Punk defenders, I'm certain this tape's going to come out at some point and we're going to see, you know, Dave Meltzer said, you know, that he'd lunged at Tony Khan and then walked it back a couple of days later and said, to be fair, it was more, more than lunged at Tony Khan. Like you said, JP, there's mixed stories there about TVs falling on Tony Khan or, you know, whether we believe he was, you know, thought he was going to die and his life flashed before his eyes or not. Clearly, you know, a, a situation has been created by CM, but rather than just being able to be the bigger man or, you know, deal with it in just some kind of way, even just verbally, that switch flips and he does what he does and left the company, really. I would say got it in, in no position to do anything else other than this. The only saving grace for CM Punk fans like me and you, Gareth, like we said before, is for is we were just hoping for Tony Khan to be what Tony Khan has kind of been a lot of the run of AEW and maybe be slightly weak and maybe just from a fanboy point of view, hope that he goes, ah, well, but I love CM Punk and lets him through. But it tells you the severity of this and whatever they've got on that CCTV and whatever the lawyers are seeing on whatever Tony Khan saw himself was too much even for them. And like, you can't, there's just no way where you can fault this decision, at least in this moment. Like not at all. Like I, I remember being on this show like after Brawl Out like last year and and being very much like, you know, I'm as big a CM Punk fan as anybody. You know, I'd been excited, waited for damn near as damn it a fucking decade for him to come back to wrestling and things like that. I was so pumped to finally see him back and things. But then like even at that point, you know, I was saying, you've got to sack him. You've got to sack him for the good yeah. of the company. And I was like, I'd, I was like, I don't want to not watch CM Punk on my TV, but I want to watch a wrestling alternative on my TV that's like a product that's all kind of like pulled together and everyone's pulling in the same direction and everyone's trying to make something the best that it possibly can be and then with him in the mix like yeah for 
sickos like us, like we love all the fucking backstage, you know, stuff going on. And, you know, every time there's a news story breaks, you can't fucking wait for it. You can't wait to get every detail of it. You're <laughs> laughing your head off at the nuance of it all and things like that. You're, you're loving it because, like, we don't care about them as people, kind of. They're just the, the, these figures of entertainment for us, aren't they, kind of thing? And the backstage drama is half of what pulls it, uh, pulls mm. it all to all, all, all together and like brings it to, to light but you've you know you've got to take a step back and look at things you know the bigger picture and you know the the, the bigger picture for me at that time was always like well i don't want aw to go away i don't want this to fail i don't want like the books and kenny to end up going to wwe or something like that because of it or something or you know the uh, at the end of the day they were the the elite and all elite wrestling kind of, like kind of kind of thing so for the good of a wrestling alternative, a credible wrestling alternative company. He needed to sort himself out on the back of that, or he needed to be got rid of. Now they gave him the fucking second chance. You know, Khan was whether he was weak or not, and he was fucking weak at brawl out, sat there smiling and pulling stupid faces next to him as Punk rabbited out all the all the lines that he that he did. So it, you know that gave off a, a, an impression of weak. But um, there's no indication of him being particularly strong about the situation i don't think in the last 12 months in his inability to get them all in one room on the same page get them pulled together as like hang about this is business this is money this is we're trying to create an alternative product we're trying to work together to advance things you know Mm -hmm. come on grow up put your differences aside he hasn't managed to achieve that. And they, you could always throw away things of meetings and, oh, Kenny's warmer to working with him, but the books won't meet him. And, you know, but there's all these different stories of the different conflicts and um, um, alliances and things going on in the background. You create a different show on a Saturday or, you know, to try and separate the pack and things like it just it's just totally just like untenable. It can't, it can't work. Can't like it. You know, it's just not something that's ever going to work. And, and as much as I, I'm gutted that I won't be seeing CM Punk on my television week in, week out, because undeniably he's been the best thing on screen uh, for AEW since he since he turned up. The the matches he's had, the feuds he's had, the nuances that have, have you know things that have gone into those, the promos and things like that. He feels like he's somebody who's actually had the more um, rounded developed sort of character and storylines and feuds and things things like that like as a whole it feels like it's going to be kind of like a better place without him where you can actually go do you know what we can probably lay out here some better stories that like keep people in our main events that keep people at like at different points in the card and things like that and tell better stories and plan better long long term than having to work around some like volatile situation you know it, like it wouldn't happen in, in anything else would it? No. it wouldn't be like you know we're trying to achieve the best that we can and like this actor can only be on set these days and things or this footballer trains on a tuesday and a, and a friday and this set of footballers train on a wednesday and a thursday or something like that and then we all expect them to turn out on a saturday and you know win you know win trophies or something it just it, it's just not something that was ever 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 going to work and uh, and even me just sort of sitting down and just trying to catch up with the wrestling that I've missed this week today there is something that just kind of just feels a little bit kind of clean slate about it and just feel a bit kind of um I don't know like okay here we go kind of thing we've just run the biggest show that we've ever done we've kind of cut out this you know sort of 
cancer in our locker locker room to 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 some degree. Like now we're on a bit of a straight and narrow path, and 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 you know if there's there's probably because people are of a lesser star substance at CM Punk. If there is anybody who has got any issues now in the future, well, hang up. Well, there you go. We've seen you. <laughs> the, the doors fucking open. Like fuck off. If we can survive without CM Punk, we can survive without you, kind of thing. So take it or leave yeah. it. Get your head down and work with us, or fuck off. Like that's the, it, like without say, without saying that there's. There's almost that kind of like underlying feeling of okay, that's that's where we are today. That's where the world is 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 today. So I don't know. Maybe it's I, I, maybe it's me sort of falling into one of these blind AEW optimism moments that I get myself into <laughs> where I think things are going to work out, out. <laughs> work out rosy. But um, but you never know. It's uh, it, 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 it it could be could, could be a positive, but it, it just it it had to happen. It had to go. Yeah. They've got a lot. They've got a lot of other things. I would say they've got a lot of other things. Cause that's the thing. You've taken the CM Punk. You know, you've taken the poison out out, out mm. of this. But a lot of you know, like you said there, like a lot of the issues in the AEW have had the last while. A lot of the issues were all in. Was Tony Khan trying to please all of these different parties and like say gab them all in silos? Now, unfortunately, he's got a, an additional two hours of television on a Saturday night. He's got to, got to now deal with now that CM Punk's gone as well. So there's going to be the hangover like to those issues too. Um, and you know, yeah, I suppose time will tell if they actually, you know, use any of this for like for positive and maybe learn some lessons from kind of all this went. But I was gonna say my question for you, Matty, was gonna be like, do you think do you think CM Punk wanted this? Like, do you think because I've gotta say, like, from the the last couple of weeks of collision, man didn't look like he was happy there. We've seen news stories come out through the week of you know, pictures that that, that are potentially made for him. You know, at the last time he was out about going to WWE, about working the Rumble, there was something about working with Kevin Owens, which I find yeah. very hard to believe considering like their personal relationship. But like him going back, him doing all of this and like blowing up the way he did it all in at their biggest show ever and all of that, were they the actions of someone who even wants to be there in the first place? Is he someone who, you know, this? he saw that EVP meeting get cancelled. He saw like, you know, Things not getting better anytime soon. He's seeing fucking scrubs like Jungle Boy on TV being able to, you know, cut him down and say lines about him or whatever. He's probably a man who just saw this isn't getting any better. I want to get out. Like I abide to that conspiracy theory a little bit that maybe like there's there's an element of that there, and he full well knew what he was doing here, and maybe he's got what he's wanted in in some weird perverted way. Not what I want, but what he wants. But even that speech, Benno, is cauliflower speech as well, where he's putting the feelers out, yeah. like mentioning Hunter a lot. Hunter, Hunter, JBL Hunter, is his mate. JBL is his new Colt Cabana of years ago. Like, how much did he love him? Oh, he was, just, he was telling stories. I've heard him and Colt Cabana tell, and Colt Cabana just wasn't in the car anymore in the version <laughs> yeah. of the story he tells now. <laughs> that's, that's him. And, and also, by the way, didn't just work in front of 80,000 yeah. people the didn't year the before at Wembley Stadium. No, the apex of his career. Getting to WWE and working on the ECW brand, mate. That was, uh, you know, <laughs> that was that what he needs to build up to. Was uh, it was a good speech, like? But as you say, I think, yeah, I think he wanted out. But as you, like, I'm, I'm really repeating what you guys have said, like, like I watched the brawl out here press conference last night because it was a year to the day, and it's even more mind blowing now than at the time. It's just like can't just sitting there, like just it's as Gareth said, the faces he's pulling. And like anyone else is just like stopping in mid track. He's just it's it's bananas. Just go back and watch it. People have like again just to see how uh, mind blowing it is. But yeah, I agree, Ben. I think like you know he definitely want one foot out the door. But as you have said, 
he had to go. He's the common denominator in every like little meme or every just bit of chaos or anything. But that, that, I've just got a thing with that that in me. Uh, you fear for his lifeline. I mean, I know what you're saying at work and people, but I can't have that. It's not as if he's going around with a machine gun or something, is it? Let's be, let's be clear here. It's yes. like, yeah, he's, he's had a scare, and like, well, I agree with all you. He shouldn't have. He's let, not Invader One, is he? That's but fine. Like, but like, he shouldn't have let the comment get to him and he shouldn't have exploded. But everyone knows he's that type of emotional character. And I'm sure he did blow up and I'm sure he did kick off and maybe he even done his nails moments and went for you know, when he went for Vince, he's gone for Tony Khan. But like the life in danger is a bit far, but that's just putting the icing on the cake in this, as you say, someone's written that down where it looks that bad that again he had to go when it's written down like that. So it's a combination of everything, really, Ben Howard. But ultimately, it's right for the company, because as we say, what we're gonna talk about, he put on a great show, even I've got to admit that. And hopefully mm. it can carry on, but he did need to go. We should have went last year, but he did need to go. You and there any what do you think, JP? So to what Gareth was saying before, just just see that things aligning better in the company, you know. Brian Danielson takes over collision, you know, it's a big happy family that all uh, works to go that they're going forward. Mm. Can there be a it, it, I just don't I just this is this is the thing with this, and I think we can mm. talk about this, JP. This is one decision I think Tony Khan has gotten right amongst months of decisions he's gotten wrong, yeah. it still gives me no confidence that like anything's going to be different going forward. I think we might be in for a sharp shock with that. I think it's years of indecision as well. And, and mm-hmm. I think that's the, you hit on it earlier on. It's like, okay, so you can remove him out of the situation. What you are taking away, and I would be, obviously said earlier on, like he had to go, but you are taking away the biggest star in terms of the business metrics, in terms of that rampage rating, in terms of like merchandise, all the things, like you know, the fact that they sold out the United Center on a rumor that he would be there, never actually confirming it. So, like, you're getting rid of that. You're also getting rid of the person for whom Warner Brothers Discovery had an investment in this, and they know about this now. So, they the have only to thing up. collision I go on for it. The only yeah, thing. <laughs> the only thing it did, and it's and so you're talking about really. There's a lot of things they need to sit down and go right. We've got all of these big shows coming up. They've got Arthur Ashe in a couple of weeks. They've got a pay-per-view. It looks like then they've got another pay-per-view the month after that. You said it before. The creative has been in absolute disarray. Tournaments and battle royals to fill where storylines should have been. And even, and I made this point in the Discord earlier on, even with like the ranking system, there were reasons for like individual fights of people moving up the card towards like what is meant to be the holy grail of the divisions that they're in. And they just don't bother with that stuff. And it requires a whole lot of things to get into place. So they need to sort out who is going to be on collision. And you can say hand it over to Brian Danielson, but let's yeah. face it, they could be telling better stories in terms of following up stuff from dynamite to collision for them. Yeah. Like, I don't think having this oversaturated roster is really going to necessarily help. And the fact that collision was doing stuff that you can have a different feel and stuff to the show, there's no reason why you can't ask, you know. Kenny Omega or the Bucks or whatever to work on those Saturdays, which well, we've been not... told it looks like the brand split, like the unofficial brand split is over. That's, That's been reported this yeah, week. Yeah, we're there now, definitely. Well, mm. and they have to do, but they, they also have to be doing stuff that's substantial. Yeah. And, mm. you know, we're going to talk about the pay per view in a bit, which is another pay per view where the build is terrible and the wrestlers get it out of them, but the TV is where the money is. They still have this billion-dollar deal. They can't let Collision go to shit. It's not in anyone's interest 
So everyone has to be pulling on board here now. So there's actually a bit of things that not only has to come from him in terms of how he books, which frankly should be delegating responsibility. That much should be clear. It's like, I can't be doing all of this. This is insane. And people need to actually say this at this point in time and hand stuff over quite clearly. And there are, there are wrestlers in Moxley and Danielson who have always seemed like the grown-ups in the room who you can kind of rely on for stuff. I won't harp on to the point because it seems to get us nothing but grief, but the EVPs need to actually do their fucking job. They just need to do their <laughs> fucking job. Enough of them acting like children. They don't need to go out taking the piss out of CM Punk, thinking, well, this will make him seethe even more. None of that shit. You need to actually yeah. focus on storylines and promos and how they're going to follow up things like All Out. And it requires this whole bigger issue that's been in place. They've got rid of CM Punk, but CM Punk is not responsible for all of the ills in AEW. It's very easy and very simple to see it like that. But that isn't actually the case. These are problems that have been going on for months when he was away, when they could have been getting things like their house in order and the rest of it. And they have to make Collision work because a billion-dollar deal resides on it. And that might mean putting faith in other people, some of which, one of which in particular, when we get onto All Out, I actually think you can promote this person to be a big fucking star who is completely unique to your company in Orange Cassidy. For example, there are things that they can do like that, but are they actually going to do it? Because what I got from a lot of the post-match press conferences, we don't need to worry about the TV and the wrestlers get them out of jail. And if that's still the attitude, then I'm still fearful of the direction that they're going in. Well, can I just say, though, sorry, Ben, Hmm. sorry. It's like Tony Khan basically said, though, didn't he? The TV doesn't matter, in, in other words. And like you had wrestlers coming out saying going down the bully ray route of just enjoy the product and just enjoy the companies <laughs> this week. What are we doing here? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> At the same time, what are we saying? What are that's we a saying? sign of a good house, is it? Um, <laughs> Alan Farrell said that, like, that's never a good sign from a wrestler. Whether you think you're right, shut the fuck up. You know, don't be uh, arguing with the fans who are pointing out rightful, like, issues with the product. But before we, I mean, we'll talk the, the pay-per-view in a bit. Before we get there, like, to, to what JP said there, Gareth, like, but you, like the, the stuff with the books, you know, again, I think, Hopefully you've been clear enough. 80, 90%, almost 100% of the blame here lies with, with CM Punk for why he's no longer in the company. Mm. And we are gutted about it, devastated about it. We can talk in a minute about our, ap- our appetite to see him elsewhere after this. Um, we can get into all that. But like, as with your business head on, like, you should the elite have met him in, in the middle? Should it even have been a question? Should have, you know, should this meet, if this meeting had taken place last week, like, would things be different? I, Things might have at least been delayed a while. Like, there's definitely a part of me that's like, it's hard because people want to simplify this and go, well, if this happened in my office, and it's like, well, it's not your office, it's, it's a wrestling company, and that goes in both directions. You know, it's not, it's not the same. But should EVPs have been forced before now to sit down and have these tough conversations for the, the better of the company? Like, I, it's an argument I'm willing to hear. I mean, the idea that they're just like, nah, not speaking to him, not speaking to him. It's just fucking playground stuff, that to me. Like, it's absolutely mm. ridiculous, you know, at the end of and the day. And now they think they won. Yeah, you know, this, 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 this the, 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 the one thing of them, like, this idea that they're EVPs, which, as I'll always say, I don't believe the fucking paper that's written on for one second that they've got any fucking prominent um, business role in it. But as supposed leaders of the business in 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 one way or another um you know in, in terms of where the company stemmed from the idea that they can't fucking man up enough to sit down and just have an adult conversation and just try and like work through some issues and just see how things are going to 
you know, work for the betterment of the company as a whole, who they have a vested interest in the success of. It's just absolutely like pathetic to me. And then when I saw the, um, when I saw the stuff on Twitter of them doing like their victory lap around the ring the other day, I just was like, that is just like the, the, that, that to me that just summed up how pathetic they are. Like for to to, to my end, the, the the view that it was it was it was like fucking Shawn Michaels nineteen ninety seven stuff. That for me, like it was just absolutely like absolutely just to, like pathetic. It was thinking that's not the message that you like want to come out there and you know send out supposedly like people in their position as uh, as well. And and that's where then like where you think okay. You want sort of like people pulling in the same in the same direction and pulling towards something that's a bit more positive. That's where then for me, as somebody who's like, you know, pro AEW and like wants AEW to succeed and you know, not a fan of WWE at all and things like that. That's where I'm sitting, like looking at that and I'm thinking, fucking hell, I hope Punk turns up on like NXT and beats Dynamite in the ratings or something like that. That'll stick it up the book's ass, won't it? If they fucking turn around and they look there and like Dynamite's got beats or something like you know, and, that, and 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 even if he doesn't, even if it's just rumoured that he's going to be on NXT or something like that, and they still beat them, just a rumour of Punk being on there, like beats Dynamite. <laughs> I'm thinking I shouldn't want that. I'm like a card carrying AEW fan kind of thing. Oh yeah, I'm a C, I'm a CM Punk fan, but I'm a you know I'm an I'm an anti WWE fan as much as a, a pro AEW fan. You know, but it's even like leading me there to want to see them fall flat on their fucking feet faces because because of the way they've gone gone about the whole thing not just the, the victory lap their lack of professionalism and their lack of like adultness in in terms of talking about and dealing with the situation and things and and again that's where you know that's where you you wonder with them okay like fundamentally the you know the blame in a lot of this stuff lies at CM Punk's feet as you know, we've said, we've reiterated, it's, you know, multiple instances, but he's not alone in the blame line. It is, for, for, you know, there's people there who've got a lot of, you know, blame who are still in the business. And, you know, who's to say that wrestler X doesn't, you know, you know, fall out of line with them and their way of thinking in four months' time, five months' time, 12 months' time, who's got value to AEW and suddenly hang about, are they going to be on the outs again? Are they, are they going to be having 10, 12 different people pulling against them, talking about them to, you know, dirt sheets and things like that, like almost like setting setting them up for a fall and things like that, you know, building that level of conflict. You know, it's, you know, they they, they don't give any indication that that's, that's, that's not going to, you know, that's not going to be the case either. I just, uh, that's that's where those are the signs, those are the things that don't, just don't bode well well for me um from from that end do we want to see it gareth do we want to see cm punk and aw in wwe like i'm i think matty's gonna say yeah i'm willing to hear it out <laughs> like i just don't know like, i think i want to see him in new japan or something like that maybe can they put his money where his mouth is and do the g1 he allegedly wants to do at one point like he wouldn't last two matches i'm gonna say <laughs> Like this is this is what makes it so sad for me. Got me and you were the biggest punk fans, I think, on this podcast. Like JP runs as close at times. JP's uh, mm. you with us, aren't you? JP as well. But like, I just don't know if I actually. Maybe it is the AEW fan in me that'd just be sad to see them kind of get that victory, or it'd be sad to see Punk go from yes collision as an entity 
was broken. You know, the idea that he was, you know, I, he, he had the run of the show, but he only had about 12 toys to play with because everyone else fucking hated him. You know, like you said, was never going to be a long-term play. Like, But CM Punk had his sandbox, could cut his promos the way he wanted, could have his matches the way he wanted, could have his feuds go the way he wanted. You know, to even get into WWE, I think he's going to need to, like, you know, we're going to need not a miracle, but we're going to need like, you know, all the cards, all, all the stars to align and for that to happen. But even then, for it to work in WWE, they'd have to give him probably the power to cut the promos the way he likes to, to do his programs the way he likes to. Like, I'd need all of those things before I'd co sign. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Because, like, <laughs> he'd end up punching the Miz out and he'd be gone within a month based on like the, the you know, the, the punk. They made up now, Ben. Remember, he was backstage at Raw. They I'm made not up. So I'm sure about that, mate. <laughs> but, like, I don't even know if I want to see it. I suppose is the bigger point, Gareth. Like, do I want to see that? And we all remember the, the great stuff of Punk in WWE, but we want to see like a watered down CM Punk trying to fit into, no offense to Matty, 2023 WWE product. Like, that's almost sadder for me. It makes me even sadder that this AEW run's gone the way it has. I just uh, I just don't think it, it it could. Realistically, you take a step back and you think about it, and I just can't, I just can't see how it could work. Like, when you think about Punk's psyche and his mentality since he joined AEW and that's a guy who like had what eight years out of the business kind of thing so he wasn't there in the day-to-day grind he wasn't there today with all the politics and the backbiting and all that kind of thing like going on around him constantly this is a guy who in theory should have matured by nearly a decade of his life and like he's had pretty much a decade to just chill out and train and spend time with his wife and his dog and just kind of have no stress in his life and have plenty of money in the bank and all, all, all that kind of thing. So this is a guy who's like gone from that, you know, shark tank background to easy street to some degree and then back into the mix at AW and, and he hasn't been able to hack it. Like, like, like mentally he hasn't been able to no. hack the environment that he's been put in which has you know quite clearly caused him to overreact to a lot of situations where he shouldn't have maybe he just hasn't read the room and in, in mentally he still thinks it's 2008 in his head and things like that and he thinks he's in there dressing room with the the jb is a good mate jbl of this world <laughs> and things like that you know he thinks he thinks that's what that that's what the environment's like you know thing, things have changed a lot as uh, as, as well so I don't know if he could fit in to WWE from that perspective mentally, but even physically, I mean, people talk about him, the idea of him, you know, I don't know, he could have like a Brock Lesnar contract or something like that. He could do a few, like, you know, he could do 10 shows a year or something like that. But I mean, based on his track record in AEW, is physically, is his body even up to even that kind of kind of thing? And, and you know, I, I, I look at things and I think that if he did go to WWE, First and foremost, they they're going to say, right, Rook, we want you to prove that you can toe the line and you can fit in here, kind of thing. So that's one hurdle that he's going to have to have to do. There's no way they're throwing him right in there and sticking like sticking the world title on him or headline in WrestleMania immediately next April or something like that, as he'd want, because they wouldn't have the trust in him to do that. You know, they, they'd they'd want to they'd they'd, they'd want to know. You know, it's, it's it's classic. They make you wait, kind of thing, don't they? You've got to, you know. Mm. So, in theory, it's uh, personally, personally, I think he's got a he's got eighteen months really to get that headline WrestleMania thing that, that would be in his head. That that would be the character for him for for him to want to go back there. 
I don't know if he could survive physically or mentally 18 months to even get to that point, like anyway, sort of thing. So to, to me, it just feels like a bit of a like mute point. But I, th- I think he'll want to because knowing what a vindictive bloke he is, he'll want to go there and he'll want to oh, yeah. stick it to them. He'll absolutely want to, he'll want to stick it up AW's ass. He'll want to stick it up the yeah. book's ass. He'll, he'll want to, you know, be able to go, oh, three times as many people watched me this week as watched the books, or he'll want to be there, like, coming out at WrestleMania in front of, like, you know, a massive house kind of thing, knowing it's the big, genuinely, you know, the the biggest wrestling show of the year sort of thing, that he'll have something to say on the ramp and things. He'll have, you know what I mean? Like, he'll he'll, he'll want to stick it back in that way because that's just the way he's, that, that's the way he's made. And, and in many ways, if he did do that, I mean... It'd still be an entertaining ride, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'd still like. Oh, you should love know. it. You should love it still. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to see him there because of who. What my love of CM Punk is formed on to 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 quite a, a, a lot of the degree. Mm-hmm. The That's idea of him then going and like he's having to be. I don't know. Not bowed out at Triple H, but like you know, kind of you know, oh, yeah. he's he, he's having a vested interest in his career direction. He's you know, he's under Vincent McMahon and things like that's like to me that some ways feels weaker than Tony Khan not sacking him in twelve months ago. It makes CM Punk weak that he has to eat that to every that was everything that he was fighting against in order to try and prove a point in some way back the other it's a, it's it, it just all becomes really kind of like he's fine with being a hypocrite then who is he then who is he at that point kind of thing and then like oh, and then do, do, do you want to invest do you want to invest in that person like like as a as a fan because it's I don't. It's it's it's. Well, he's walking out with thing. the voice of the voiceless T-shirt with a big WWE logo corner of Just open up like those new NWO T-shirts. Just him sitting on the ramp. Just let him sit on the ramp, open and open and. Uh, this is what's so sad about it all, Jake. Though, like AW was tailor made for him. Like and the shit out yeah. as much as I love him, the shit out didn't join until two years in when he was like, "All right, it's safe now, and they'll pay me the money I want." Like you know, for this voice of the voiceless punk rock indie spirit kind of guy. Like he didn't take. We did the all in 2018 review. He wasn't there with that. He was in fucking Chicago. Couldn't come down the road. You know what I mean? He wasn't there for the start of AW either. You know, I think his story is a little bit upset by all of this because he comes in. And then he can't even join with the revolutionary spirit because he falls out with all the fucking revolutionaries. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I actually think it would be Landlord. He's Landlord Phil now, JP. Landlord Phil would absolutely go to the WWE. It's just the question more for me is whether I want to see him do it. Like, I, I, with Gareth, out of spite, I think it's going to happen. Uh, out of spite, oh, yeah. he's going to try at the very least. But, like, you know, that kind of completes the story. He's, he's whatever uh, young punk rocker becomes, isn't it? You become the, uh, the landlord you hate. He would do, wouldn't he? And you can see it, it's it's about his vindictiveness because in some ways, New Japan would be able to be like an even-ender physically. I think the questions that Gareth asks is completely legit because New Japan would almost be like the better fit because he would come in and effectively just do his angles and, and his matches and go. And then that would be it. And it'd be an entirely different culture backstage because I completely agree. I think it's just wrestling and wrestlers just moved past the direction that he was used to. 
because effectively like this super he never worked pwg did he it wasn't and, and that's what AEW is at points PWG with this enormous budget, as I saw like earlier in the comments. But but yeah, him going back, you just think to yourself, with Mania, if the match is going to be Cody and Roman, they're the two best feuds you'd want him in. And if that match is happening at Mania, then it would have to be someone else, wouldn't it? Now he could headline one of the two days. You can get away with it that way. That kind of carrot to dangle over him. But there is those kind of issues. It's a different ownership structure with TKO. So you're not entirely sure, like on a hiring. And he is in with that lot. Yeah. He loves staying away. He does does the commentary. (laughs) And it should also be noted as well. I don't think there were problems with him in UFC. I mean, he was shit. That was the problem. Mm. Ultimately, he couldn't fucking (laughs) fight for Toffee. He didn't fly out of a paper bag compared to those lads in there. But at the same time, he does commentary a lot on there as well. And yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be the thing about do you bring they're the kind of two big feuds, and you think, well, Cena, we've kind of been there and done that, haven't we? So like, and if there's issues with with Owens, there'll be issues with Sami Zayn. Like, you're thinking, who else really would you want to be putting him in there against? Because uh, you know, once you get to those two, there's big money in it though, and there's ratings, and WWE still is at its core at its bone marrow an incredibly vindictive fucking nasty company gareth brought death of the territories the word death in there is important because vince mcmahon killed them and if there's some hit he can take about AEW, then he will fucking do that and he will happily put him on nxt just to say like you know just to beat them that week just to just to do that stuff it's still their competition and they're still and it's the most credible competition they've had in over 20 years so as a result of that, that's going to be like how it's like it's going to the value is in bringing him in. There's a value in New Japan bringing him in as well. Don't get me wrong, and I think the match quality he had in AEW, if he is fit, you can have that. And I don't think he'll get very far if he tries to behave like he did in AEW because one thing you can't do is bring him back full time on the road. You, if you are bringing him in, it has to be selective dates and basically keep him away from the young ones. In case he turns their yeah. minds evil, I'd, like fucking I'd love to be New Japan and end up on the same tour as Moxley, Jericho, <laughs> all the same. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like next month, or something fucking hilarious. Get on the phone to Rocky Punk, sort of. Like this thing with the WWE thing, the thing though, Matt. Like for me, it's like would he even get in the door because he'd have fucking after the, the news story that came out this week. Regal will be still on the door, going no chance, mate. Uh, I love that news story, by the way. Punk was right, um, as he often is in these situations. It's just how he's right is the problem. You know, Seth Rollins would be like saying fuck off. Roman Reigns would probably be backing him up saying fuck off. Um, <laughs> it's whether the arguments. Yeah, I'm sure. Seth- I'm sure Cody's already texting him, so you know what I mean. We're yeah. already like halfway there, probably. Um, but you know, <laughs> it's like that's probably the picture. I think that, like he's saying there, they'll definitely want him in, as JP said. They'll definitely try and bring him in. And I think they'll be like, with Punk there to say it, like and a meet in the middle type thing. He'll want his demands, of course. They'll probably give him them to the you know, to most of them. So he just comes in. And as Gareth said, maybe he won't do like 10 matches a year. But even if he just does a six-month stint as like a little trial thing, just get him in at Chicago Survivor Series, which happens, I'll say, to fall in oh, Chicago. Chances of that. <laughs> the time and though that's what i'm saying get him in doesn't have to wrestle on telly and i know you say about wwe like you say it's it's gone back to like its basic thing now they actually will let him tell more stories with triple h triple h running running creative so i think that will he'll be better 
on telly than he would have been coming back like a five years ago or whatever, where it was still like trash every week and rematches and stuff. I think it, I hope it happens anyway. I just want to see it just for the actual, just to see everyone kick off. I love all that, just seeing it all. Cody's come, Punk's coming. There'll be another one coming back soon. Don't worry about it. Leave the books all them in, in AEW and get it, all the proper ones back home for me. I threw my will onto AEW. I threw it on uh, on YouTube. Uh, it just came up. My world with Jeff Jarrett talking the CM Punk situation. He literally said nothing. Like he was just like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, Tony Khan did a, a really good job getting the statement out quickly," and then said that for like an hour. But what he did say was, he was like, "If I was CM Punk, though, what I'd probably do is just start my own thing and just do like you know four shows a year, the CM Punk show." I was like, "Oh, he'd already have the baseball stadiums booked, wouldn't he, Jeff? You know, that'd be oh, yeah. two hundred people. He, he can help him out without the side cashing hands. He's oh, probably Jeff, already thinking that. Yeah. Can I just say, I would want to see him on the Stone." cold sessions i know that hasn't been around oh, for a while i would love no, it. yeah there's going to be he's got to come out two things, then, oh, yeah. two things are guaranteed here yeah. there's going to be legal threats and legal action like yeah. in both directions probably because like as clean as this allegedly is because he was released with cause which means you know aw have justified themselves which also probably means there's no you know uh periods where he can't go work somewhere else there's absolutely going to be to and fro and fighting over like the money loss and all of that stuff. Like that is an absolute nail on thing. But we're also going to get, despite that, he's turning up somewhere, whether it be Ariel Helwani or he makes back up with Colt Cabana or he finds some form or he rings into Grapple Spotlight. We're, we're open for business, Phil. Give us a call anytime. Uh, you know you're watching on YouTube. Um, <laughs> he's going to be somewhere. A hundred, but you can guarantee those two things, JP. Oh, you can. He is going to speak. But like you say there, it's it's a very difficult legal situation. It doesn't sound like he's got much kind of like of a – he can't be – otherwise he'll end up the cult cabana in, in all of this, won't he? And he'll end up being absolutely sued to high hell and be like the kind of poorer party out of it, which will have a beautiful kind of irony to it, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, this is the thing. He, he can say it. I mean, I, I could just see him – kicking off about the culture of the company and saying about how like mismanaged Saudi? it is and child. Like, what would you do when they're like you gotta to go to Saudi Arabia, mate? Like what oh, yeah. happens then after everything you said? Yeah. He'd be Jordan Henderson, wouldn't he? He'd be like, oh yes, Sal. <laughs> it's all right here actually, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I thought Qatar was bad and it turned out really lovely. And it's like, yeah, they're not torturing the people in front of you, Jordan, as you open your fucking curtains, mate. Like, it's behind closed doors. He went on the VIP like stadium tour. Oh, it's actually quite nice. This it's fine. It's not like what you read in the papers. Mm. So yeah, maybe I haven't took you to the death chambers, like where they you know, yeah. like, kill the dissidents. So it's like when they used to get like parents in at your school and they'd actually like clean up and stuff like that. Yeah. So it looked like quite nice, you know, on like parents. There, but... <laughs> A question, though, like I've got for you is that, like, is 2023 CM Punk as valuable as 2021 CM Punk, though, in terms of like a draw and things like that? Because obviously, when he came to AEW in 2021, that was, you know, he'd been gone a long time. There'd been obviously the CM Punk chance in the crowd that had just gone on for years and years. Everyone was like anticipating this. He came in, obviously, popped that massive number for Rampage, um, you know, on his debut. You know, that, that the first sort of few months of him in AEW were, like, really good numbers. But I don't know. It's weird, like, now, because I think, that, that as we've talked in the past, WWE's crowd's changed. I feel like there's a certain negativity towards him amongst 
newer fans within AEW, certainly, and things like that. I, the, from what I've read, I don't think it sounds like it got the same negative reaction amongst the Chicago crowd. Like, they didn't shit all, as As far as I'm aware, I've not, I haven't seen it. They didn't shit all over it, did they? The fact that he wasn't there, is that true? That's, I'm sure I've read, kind no, of like, sort not of thing. That, the book's you know, it, a little bit, weird, in the match. Yeah, it's but, spot. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, some of the... Some of the ratings when he has been on stuff have underwhelmed, you know, not popped quite as large and as consistent as as you'd think they would. So I don't know. Is it is he as big a draw? Is, does he have as much value? Given that he's someone who's causes problems in the locker room, given that he's somebody who physically can't consistently go like he, he used to. If he's not delivering the numbers either, like, do you want him? Do like do w do WWE at a period when they're in a real upturn and they've like their ratings are doing good? They're getting a lot of positivity towards their creativity and things things like that. In certain instances, some of the match quality on pay per views seems to be like going in the right direction. Like, do they want to? Throw that in the mix. Is it? Is it? Is we'll push back know, on that bit later it, on, mate. But, it's, 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 <laughs> you know, it's that juice, juice worth the squeeze kind of kind of thing. Like the, it's whether you can know. sell it. I don't, it I don't know whether JP would say the same. I think it's one of those where it's like you're you're absolutely right. We should call a spade a spade. The numbers are there's still like a bump with CM Punk when you look at like you know when he's on collision, when he's not. The main event segments on collision. Um, his comeback in general, you can make the argument, but it's not as a stronger argument as it was when he first came in. You're absolutely mm. right about that. You know, he's it's actually it's coming at quite a good time for him because, like, I think it literally came out the day before he got fired. Like, he was still AEW's number one merch seller. So you can make the art. It's whether you want to make the arguments is probably what I'd say, JP, because you could sell mm. it. Because you know, you're more in tune with this stuff than me, but you could sell it to you know do the beer after right fees aren't they they're about to renew oh we've got this big star coming back CM Punk I think there's enough there that you can puff it up and make it sound bigger than it is but it's it's definitely something to what Garrett's saying there where it's definitely it's softer than you would like he's going to get to run away with it Liam said it in the chat a couple of times you know collision's going to go down the tubes now it's going to be like your mate Russo Matty where it's going to be like see when I left look what happens yeah. <laughs> never mind the fact that it's head to head with the NFL <laughs> like, he's going to have that positive too isn't he but I don't know. I'm 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 kind of in the middle with it. Where there's he's clearly in a in a wrestling world where there aren't many draws. He's a draw, but to Garrett's point, it's how much and whether you can sell that. I think is maybe more what it is. It's also what version of CM Punk are you selling? Because there is a version of CM Punk where he's kind of the the CM Punk that we love, where that person is definitely interesting. And if you think of his time on Collision, it was a feud with Ricky Starks, but other than that, it was nothing substantial. And that's part of the problem, I think, with this is that the booking itself has been, and it's because of the situation, because the engaging storylines, really, we never got them drawn out for particular long amounts of time, did we? And even the Moxley stuff, we kind of rushed through as well. And going back to the the MJF stuff, like probably was like one of the things we thought, oh, good, at least he's done that. But we never got the Kenny stuff. We never got the, like, Hangman Page felt that was kind of like, cut off effectively as soon as that promo had happened as well. But I think there is, a, there is Oh yeah, Kingston was good. Yeah. But again, it was like a kind of a short term few. And it's going to be interesting at some point we do the podcast covering his run in AEW. 
about where it oh, is. We're, we're going to see all of the kind of missed <laughs> opportunities. <laughs> it's, it's just, if you're bringing him back and it's yeah, kind Matthew of... Promos and feud. Matthew, what's your issue? No, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. If, it's un, if it's unhinged CM Punk, cutting pipe bomb style promos and laying waste to the competition, there is a value in that. And there is people who are hardcore behind WWE who would completely get on board with that stuff. And he could sell it that way. It's whether or not he can legally do that. And do they want him to do that as well? Because obviously there's a whole load of other griefs. about. I mean, he knows not to kind of swear on telly and whatnot, but you'll say pretty much most things. And there are, the independent linked them to uh, Boris Johnson and Donald Trump as far as problematic men in the uh, in the news today. And if you saw that, JP, there's an article doing I, that today. Where that is literally the headline. Um, I, <laughs> problematic men taken down. Boris Johnson, Donald Trump, Phil Brooks. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> in, in, many, in many ways, those guys kind of try to ruin Western democracy. We cannot level <laughs> that that thing at Phil Brooks. Donald Trump tried to try to steal an election again. I can't say Phil Brooks has done it. He kicked off in a press conference and acts like an ass, fucking around other human beings. Again, I don't think we can put him into into that category. But there's also the issue with him and wrestling. Like, yeah. does he want to stay in it? Because he's not really a success anywhere else, is he? And like, you know, apart from being a landlord, clearly. So it's whether or not does he want to do that and be in the spotlight? And very clearly, yes. But it's like he kind of hates wrestling, but it's the thing that he's best at as well by a country man and has the best mind for it. So is he gonna is he gonna be able to do it? And I think if he has to negotiate with a team of writers about stuff on Raw, you just don't see that relationship lasting very long, do you? Whereas he's no. just like, give me the fucking mic. I'm not talking to him. He's a stooge. It's just like, oh Christ, here we go again. I, I think we all agree he's not done. Like we don't know no. where he ends up. But I don't. I, it would be romantic to say, and we should probably get before you go. We got get a couple yeah. of all in for you. That I got to be there as final match. It was an all in for the mm. eighty thousand people. He had Samoa Joe with a really ropey Pepsi plunge <laughs> off the top. Stevie Richards YouTube channel will break that down for you if you want to watch it. Um, but like <laughs> the rem- like Jamesy said this before. Like that's all we wanted as British fans. Like when he came back, remember we made those jokes. Just eke it out to Wembley. We just want to get there and we get to see CM Punk and we got to see it and it ended. And it would, as much as there's all these negatives to the story, Gareth, like there was that, there's this kind of that, like, oh, that's kind of nice that, that we finally, you know, we saw like that final, like, even like that photo, it's absolutely going to be in the, the show images of them walking off with the finger up, like just brilliant, like great yeah. exit. It's not the last we've heard of Phil Brooks, is it? Whether it's WWE, whether it's somehow ends, New Japan end up finding the money down the back of the sofa to do something there, he will wrestle. Or if you take, I wouldn't put it past Tony Khan to in six months to just bring him back. No, <laughs> no one's talking about that. Like that's absolutely yeah. possible. It's happened in forty. <laughs> Tony Khan's presided over like uh, things like that happening in the NFL. Like I wouldn't rule that out either. But I think we all agree, don't we, Gareth? Like it's not, it's not the end, is it? Or am I in denial? Am I just in the denial stage of grief right now? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I, I feel more like it could be kind of. I think there's a certain part of me that thinks it could be. If there's, depending on, you know, obviously like the you know the mentality around WWE and things like that. If they don't, if they don't want him, if they don't offer him what he wants, kind of thing. If they can't find a middle ground, kind of thing, then. 
I just don't see him go in New Japan, especially with the AW relationship that they've got with New Japan as well. Like it just doesn't that that just doesn't seem to to fit for me. I, I can't see him doing indie shit <laughs> like like the the whole you know doing your own shows. Can't see that kind of thing either. Like like maybe. Your thing there, maybe your view there of further down the line, him coming back to AW, like maybe can't like, but I don't know. Either way, like you say, it was a brilliant punctuation point to be able to like have that Wembley moment on the back of like where, um, you know, obviously we'd done that Punk Joe series ourselves, you know, a few months ago and things like that. So that was really like close in the mind getting to just have that moment of it been Wembley Stadium, that many people hearing that music hit. I would say, am I on the day? First time I've ever seen CM Punk live. That I can believe that. Kind of first, like, yeah. you know, so so if that's if that's the way it goes, then made it by a day kind of thing. Like, you know, <laughs> just got that one in the end. That'll that'll fucking do for that'll do for me. That'll if that's if if that's the way he bows out of wrestling then then there you go. That's it's almost like the perfect um, thing of the man who is like in a crowd of eighty thousand people. That okay, the majority of them were pulling for Joe, but he was like eliciting a massive response, putting on a really good wrestling match, and then a bit of fucking aggro in the back as well. Like CM Punk rolled up into a fucking ball there for you, isn't it? Kind of thing. Literally, yeah. every, like everything in 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 one day. Take, take CM Punk and that, as as well as the stuff of him just on the tube and things like that as well, and just you know the little Audrey Nando's and all that stories. Everything about that. Everything everything about that final day is just like there you go. There's CM Punk in a nutshell, and I'm I'm happy with that that lot. If I never see him on WWE TV or AW TV again. So be you know so so be it. We uh, got to got to see him uh, bow, bow out, but um, I don't know. There's um, there's there's more there's more of this one, isn't there? This 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 Punk this, in this, it. this, this story. Like, like, oh, for that next six months of the year, where's he gonna go? It's gonna be the yeah. new YouTube video we do every yeah. week. JP, CM Punk watch. There's gonna be the at the end at the end of the day. If you bring him back, the Ultimate Warrior. If you bring him back, some of those people that WWE have in the past. The thing you know, the if you can find a truce with Bret Hart and things like that, you know, etc. There's, you know, Bruno Sammartino, every all all these people who've had massive grudges, court cases, yeah. every, every everything. WWE's business, isn't it? And W like they treat it as a business, and then I'm I'm sure Survivor some, Series, something, some, something, something will, get, that, will get worked out. There. Something will get worked out. It's in his head. You know. It. Thanksgiving weekend as well. It's almost yeah. perfect. In Chicago yeah. with AW up the road. Oh, <laughs> this space. Um, on that note, before we, we let you go, Gareth, as you say, you've been away until today, so we haven't managed to uh, to see uh, all out or payback. Obviously, we're going to uh, spend some time on payback in a bit. I'll Probably never see payback. Don't worry. <laughs> Sorry, we got you there. <laughs> but like, are there any like quick thoughts you want to give on all in that you, maybe you were listening to the radio shouting at us uh, last week when we talked all in before we get into all out. Do we have any uh, any fond memories before, before it's completely lost to the ether of a CM Punk news cycle, and we uh, we get into all out? I mean, it was just it was just one of those where I, just just that whole spectacle of the day kind of thing. I think the thing that just kept getting me was just like sitting in my sitting there in my seat, and I kept like looking to that stand to 
you know, the left, so the one that was opposite the the entranceway. And I was just like, look, and I'd just sort of like focus in on someone's head and then you'd kind of like, and then see how many more heads were around it kind of thing. And you've just been like, oh my God, like the, just the sheer spectacle of the volume of people there was just like mm. mind, absolutely mind blown. Like a, a, as much as you had that built up, as much as we knew how many people were there and things like, things like that, like until you were there in the building looking at it, like, I don't think I, I even appreciated the magnitude of it myself, um, really. But you know, as far as far as the show went, you know, I think it's possible to be right in two ways. You know, as I'm as you have said, you know, the build was oh, shit. The build, should have been, the build. The build was shit. The build could have been better. The build should have been better. Some of those matches should have felt more important than they did. But on the day, like went out there some of the best wrestlers in the world give them fucking 15 minutes to work 20 minutes to work they're gonna go out there and have like you know really good you know matches and in front of a crowd like that that was as hot as that it was you know it delivered uh delivered on that front i enjoyed every like everything even things like the stadium stampede that you couldn't see that i was assuming were going to be shite like because i was thinking that all this stuff's going to be going on I just loved it. I was just laughing my head off. I was like, yeah. I, I think I was laughing. I, I, think, I think I was just laughing throughout it. Like every, like you just catch a glimpse of Moxley doing something to somebody, and I was just like pissing, pissing myself at it. It was just, it was just brilliant knowing that this was going, looking on and seeing like in the distance something's going on, like in the royal box, and you can't quite see what it is, and you're waiting for the TV to cut to it and stuff. Like that was that that was brilliant. Uh, I, I loved that. Like I think um, the only thing that let me down was the was the main for for me that. Like, I just sort of left the stadium thinking, like, oh, was that it? Was was that it? And, and I know there's more mm. to come in the story. Like, you know, whatever. Mm. Let, let, let it play out and all that kind of thing. But, like, uh, mm. I don't know. That was, the, that was the only thing in the stadium that, like, as I left, I was like, oh, that was the only one that sort of underwhelmed me. But everything else, I think, in there just, like, over-delivered. And, um, yeah, I kind of, like... Just a, uh, just a, just a bit of a blur of a day. Really, it was just, 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 just fantastic. Amazing. Well, yeah, good to have you on, Gareth. And you're going to feel the same way about all that, mate. Um, yeah. Unbelievably, the uh, the great wrestlers went out there and are there are the great wrestling matches. I'm almost annoyed about it, as I've told you, Matty, before we. <laughs> uh, I can't wait for this, and I'm a part of this discussion. I can't wait. <laughs> but no spoilers for Gareth. Gareth, in about three weeks, oh. Gareth will catch up with it once you've seen Rampage, yeah. Collision, oh, no. Two Dynamite. Oh. You'll be there, mate. I'm, 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 I'm off work tomorrow. I've got Collision to watch and then the pay per view, so I'll be I'll be all up to date. You will like it, Gareth. You will like the pay per view. You really will. You do, yeah, well, uh, no, and then I'll, I'll then I'll listen to to you lads rip it to pieces. One <laughs> <laughs> dream of it, mate. We'll see. <laughs> right, anyone who plug Gareth to uh, to say before you go? No, no, I've got got out of plug these days. Gareth, transfers or something like that in the car, we could start um, a new business. I'm going to say taxi company. Man. He's going to start. <laughs> <laughs> no, spot on, spot on. Well, uh, yeah, no, just uh, good to be on to uh, discuss that because, yeah, big, big, uh, big topic, obviously. So good to chat through that with you and, uh, yeah, catch up with you. Catch up with you soon. Look forward to a bit of a ROH and FWA. Hey, yeah. the real stuff, mate. Gareth Steelers chase coming soon as well. Well, on that note, yeah, I think Tony Khan uh, maybe saw uh, the all-in and kind of, uh, you know, blueprint works so well. 
that we did that a second time. All out, folks. We've got to talk about that. Because um, you don't need to build pay-per-views anymore, JP. We've learned that this week. Um, mm. as, long as, the, <laughs> as long as the wrestlers get in there and have good matches, it doesn't matter that, you know, uh, this was, uh, you know, hot... hot half-built uh, a week between pay-per-views. It doesn't matter that, like, you know, I, I think if you believe Tony Khan, somebody held a gun to his head and made him do this pay-per-view the week, the week after all in. Um, you know, we've been directly told, haven't we, that, uh, you know, he's going to do this again um, next year. So, you know, what's the issue? <laughs> but in fairness, we got a lot of that motor off on the weekend show. One thing I suppose the haters can be right about, if we thought the match card was going to work out bad, that didn't work out to be the case because I feel like this pay per view, and we should probably start at the the top end of the show. Add yeah. maybe four, a four or possibly five match run at the end of this pay per view that would match any AEW <laughs> there's there's been. And based on the horrendous builds, based on you know the lopsided way we went from all into all out, and honestly, even the defenders, you all know you could sit there at home, play WR, and do a better job of balancing the all-in and all-out cards as far as giving prestigious matches with maybe a little bit of build and a little bit of stakes behind them. But with that criticism maybe parked for a second, JP, the best wrestlers in the world did go out there and, like I say, that top end of the card, that last four or five matches, like some absolutely unbelievable stuff. It really was. I mean, if you were going to like kind of do some very amateur psychology, it did feel like a weight had been lifted just with everything else and the fact that the crowd didn't shit on this. Like you mentioned earlier on, it's only a little bit with the Bucks. So I do think the two stories are kind of related. But yeah, this was it was it was great. It was really fun. But I mean, as we've said so many times, that's not mm. an excuse to have a shit build, particularly when television is your bread and butter and you're banking on that being your bread and butter in the future. So it means you're kind of duty bound to produce stuff on on a weekly basis. Now, clearly, like you say, they're the best wrestlers in the world, but the top end of this was ridiculously good, and it completely over-delivered for what it was, mm -hmm. to the point where I think it just helped that the crowd just kind of wanted to almost forget about CM Punk. Like it, was, it was like a, a thing about all of this where there'd been the – you know, he'd come out and said what he'd said, and I think enough of the word had filtered around for the people who were there to go. Actually, do you know what? He had to let him go, even even if he is from Chicago. And so they weren't like kind of going to shit on Kenny Omega, which is something I thought they might well do, but they kind of managed to head it off. But Kenny gets off with it, doesn't he? Kenny it's like, you know, when you don't get on with a group of people, Matt, and you're like, but that one, he's actually all right. Yeah, when I see him right, in the yeah. pub, I shake his hand. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, the rest of the cunts he knocks around with, though, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and we haven't, mentioned as, crowd, we haven't mentioned at all whether or not Ace Steel is involved in the producing of this show either. Oh, like, haven't he's looked out, Danny. He's, he's going to have another two years just sat quiet. at home now. Yeah. His only job was to fucking help CM Punk, and now he's just going to sit there with a fat contract yeah. for two years just the winner. but. Don't get involved yeah. in it, but but it, it delivered in. I think, like certainly, I, I was going to say, like sort of three of the matches. I just thought, yeah, mm. it's it has completely delivered in. Dare I say it, singles matches as well. <laughs> just to oh, throw we're still that getting out there. our digs in, folks. You know, uh, YouTube, folks, you know, you know it's coming. Um, but I will say, you know, we say that those those stories or Bill Batty. I mean, the first big match of the show, and um, we'll, we will talk the undercards in a minute. 
Danielson and Ricky Starks, you know, this was right out of your, your playbook. This felt this felt very Vinny Roo, you know, with the, the name on the contract says Dragon, but it's not Ricky the Dragon. I had a chuckle when I seen that in the video <laughs> package, I'll be honest. Dragon. <laughs> yeah, I had a good chuckle with that. But, what a way yeah, to get to that match. <laughs> just unbelievable, because I didn't watch Collision, but obviously watched the pay-view and did see it in the video package. I had a good It was laugh, a good but... show. We, we're not going to have time to review it today, but Collision yeah. was really good. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But as JP said, like, it was even for myself, like it was a this was I really enjoyed. Didn't fast forward not and watch the whole pay-per-view from top to bottom. And I'll go like JP. I liked like three or four, yeah. Like matches. Mm. One match I think's getting a bit overrated, which I'll go into, yeah. but it was still good, but it's getting vastly overrated for me. But I enjoyed two, especially I thought were near five star matches on this pay-per-view. Fucking love them. One of them I would hope. Uh, we'll start with is that Danielson and Starks match? Oh. Um, if you don't agree with that, was fucking that's a overrated one, Benno. That's overrated yeah, for you me, but we're going to I'm meeting you <laughs> your beauty for 10 minutes. We're gonna have a love in and you can come back, <laughs> JP. <laughs> yeah. This fucking oh my god, I thought that like Danielson saved the show, like all the roster came together, but like him stepping in for punk and yes, let's all you know maybe question the doctor's judgment to allow him to get in there. I know he said in the post-show uh, presser, like, oh, you know, I just didn't throw any punches with the arm. It's like, mate, I saw you land on it several times. Uh, you also were whipping the fucker several times yeah. in it. Maybe it's not to your taste, fast, but you can get to that. Like, the intensity in this one, this was this was big match. Like, one, he came out to Europe, which absolutely I'm going to be either using as the uh, the intro, uh, the outro to this for the, uh, for the audio listeners. Fucking love that. And then two, he channeled fucking 2006, 2007 fucking hard case nutter Brian Danielson. And like I said this in our Discord from the second he got colour. Like you like for me, the floor was four stars. Like it was it we were this was like you starting a Ken match map for me. Like it was just yeah. like this is fucking it now. And I just thought his selling through the match was top notch. The brutality that he brought with just fucking like he put Ricky Starks through some fucking his paces and he's hitting him in safe places, but he's hitting him fucking hard in safe places to the point where I'm still not 100% sure, man, based on his tweets, whether Ricky really enjoyed that element of the match, but it proper got me into it. It brought an intensity out of Ricky Starks. I've never seen that. I'm really interested in what Gareth makes of the match um, for that reason. And it gave it, you know, none of this, you know, tapping the corner or slapping a stop stop clock or whatever the fuck they, they usually do with this this gimmick match. I thought this was the best strap match I think I've ever seen. I go 4.75 on it. I think you're like, that's wow. how strongly I feel about it. Like, I was between four and a half and 4.75, but I thought this was just out of nowhere, out of barely anything. Like, they went out there, and for me, they had the classic. Um, not expecting you to go 4.75 on it, JP, but. I'm expecting, you know, you're probably in a bit more in the league with me than uh, than Matt. Yeah, I'd say four and a half because mm. you'd swear these two were having a blood feud for weeks over it. There was the intensity that kind of delivered. And in some ways you're thinking if anyone deserves to have a storyline that can go on and be extended, mm. it's Ricky Starks. Just to see, just to answer that question of can he sort of really mix it in the main event? Because this delivered for what he needed to deliver for him in particular. Can he live with Brian Danielson? And I just think Brian Danielson's a fucking genius. Just being able to work this match, having not wrestled in a while yeah. with the, the situation with his arm, he's a fucking maniac. Like, I'd, I'd happily say that as well. But it was 
I fe- I found myself like watching this like sort of a state of awe of like how is he doing this? How is he having this level of match when he is in no kind of shape to do that? And as Mikey mentioned in the chat, it makes you sad that he couldn't do the week before. Frankly, oh. uh, what happened in that week? Like in order to Those dodgy doctors needed to you know yeah. give give him for all the- he could have done the stadium stampede, couldn't he? You know exactly. when he needs a next partner. Come on, <laughs> but it <laughs> but it was. There? But it apps like I'm just hoping this leads, and this is the big thing with this show. Does this lead on to other stuff that's going to go into the TV? If we're talking about future contenders and stuff like this, like Ricky Starks needs to be in prominent feuds with top people if you're going to have this amount of hope. You can't, you can't just disappear. And Brian Danielson does multi man Blackpool Combat Club stuff and on just on um, color commentary. It's like, no, this needs to be like proper a proper feud that goes in places ultimately with him going over dare I say it as well. But yeah, that, we were talking about and, this today. Like, I think for me, I, I think about this match. I don't, I'm not one of those guys who's like wins and losses don't matter. Me and Matty are bought by road dog because we, uh, we don't agree <laughs> with that. But I, you know, in this case, if I think of it, am I going to think of this match in six months? I'm going to, am I going to remember Ricky Stark really impressing me by gutting through a brutal, violent match with Brian Anderson? Or am I going to remember that he lost? I think I'm going to more remember the performance. That's an it's an exception. It's an outlier because overall, you know, you would like someone like Ricky to get more wins. But mm. then again, Danielson fucking loses a lot in AW as well. Like you know, somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose. This is what happens when you put two close to top guys, you know, an upper mid carder and a main eventer together in a match. Someone's going to lose, aren't they? But it's almost one of the matches where it maybe eclipses the results a little bit for me, JP. Even though I, I do see where you're coming from. You can also argue that about the main event as well. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it, for me, I, I kind of came away of going, okay, this is like a really good place to put Ricky Starks into. You now, mm-hmm. now need to capitalise on that. And you and that needs to be brought up with good TV and him going, right, I wasn't expecting that, but now I'm prepared. And you can go, like, and the storyline should tell itself. And Danielson seems like he's more than happy to kind of work with him as well. But I just... I just fucking loved it. It was just like brutal at points, and cr- at times I'm just going, "Christ!" Like there's no bit, bu- like no business hitting each other with the straps like that. But it fucking worked, and it was properly Steam dramatic. Steamboat spot as well. Like that was another it- great addition to it. I'm surprised that oh, you're, you're low on this, are you, Matt? That not pull you in? I'm not low. It's four stars, Benno. It was good. I, what, what I'm saying, I'm not saying it wasn't good. It was good, and what you just said, it was hard hitting. But it's mm. it's it's overrated, like the Danielson Brigade, like are just coming out with full force, like he's just like because he's the best wrestler in the world, yeah, that's why. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> vanilla, strawberry, chocolate, it's all ice cream, but we all have our favourites, and that's no slight, of course, you know. Fine. I thought you were calling like vanilla midget then. No, if you saying. like that, you like that all the, the the Europe law and what is it, Ring of Honor law? That's fine. That that if you're into that, that I'm that's oh. you know, I've got my own fandom. No, 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 no. get a certain part of all our brains going. No, Europe right. starts. I mean, like James Lee and Joe Lemon just pop up like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like that with stuff. We're all like that. So that's not a slight. It's just that, I, you know, I agree with everything you've said. I'm just not as high on it. And if we, and if we are picking apart the storylines, it's like, aren't the BCC meant to be these bastard heels? Why is the dragon coming to Ricky Steamboat's fucking defence? That is the gaping hole. You know, I'm not, you know, if this was WWE, people would be picking that, knocking it to shit, so I've got to do that here because... People don't, no, no. You can't say that. People are, and I would. Oh, are they? Are they? Okay. Gigantic. Like, again, to the... 
Will wrote this in his article he wrote this week. I didn't agree with everything Will put in his article, but some of the people ripping him apart are just fucking stupid and can't see the forest for the trees. A point he made in his article was about Punk, and he was talking about Tony Khan and talking about how, you know, the wrestlers basically... The problem with AW is the wrestlers like Kenny wants his best mate to get an all-in button, so he gets one. You know what I mean? Like Punk wants his own show, Astolabs up, so he gets his own show. The books want Brandon Nak. You know, all the brand. I was gonna say Brandon Nakazawa again. And one of the one of the points he made was, and the Blackpool Combat Club want to be in a stable named after fucking William Regal who left the, the company nine months ago and be yeah. heels when Moxley and Danielson are two of the most beloved wrestlers in the fucking company. Yeah. Like that is a problem. You're right. You're absolutely. Right to pull it up, but I don't, you know, I think that's, I think everyone would say that. I think oh, them, okay. as, them as heels, they are miscast. And then you have a moment like this where I think Danielson tried to defend it in like the, the scrum being like, oh, you know, we can, you know, our, it fits with our characters that, you know, we can slide into these roles. I think it is a, there's a, there's a gap there. I think that it's a misstep really. And it comes down to their, their casting in this stupid stable that, you know, just shouldn't exist at this point. So with you there. No, but it was, it was, you said, it was hard hitting it, as you say. Probably, were you saying it's the best strap match? I mean, I'm not coming to mind, like, the only one that comes to mind is like Triple H and The Rock, really, like on the top of my head. But Vader and Sting? Vader and Sting, yeah, it was a good yeah, one. Exactly. It's certainly better than Rusev and John Cena for the day out. Oh, it's a <laughs> match they had. It's much the same gimmick, like, but yeah. No, but it was I hate the four corners gimmick stuff. I never... And the lights, yeah, the so lights. Glad they didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mm. can I just say, no, really, what I loved about this match. The finish, Ricky Starks is selling on the passing out. Oh, you, be, you believe he was getting Martin choked? Up? Yeah, you believe he was genuinely getting fucking choked? He might have been. Who knows? Steve? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was yeah. so good, that. It was so good. But that is another one where it's like, okay, now Ricky's a heel. Is that just because Punk was doing that stupid face heel thing? What do you do with Ricky now? Like <laughs> He's like, I don't think he'll be with the company. I think... He's going to be joining Cody in WWE at some point. And I think all of this punk stuff and what he said on his promo on Collision, I think it's a shoot. He's sick of starting over again and again and again. The finish turns and babyface for sure. That passed passing out, you know. They need to get behind him. And he's not the only one when we go through this card where it's like, okay, you've had this moment with him. Now push on, but we can talk about it as we go. Um, yeah, well, well, so what were your three from like this tail end of the card? Was it not the uh, so yeah, Claudio and Wheeler versus Eddie Kings Jabata? Actually, if you were going to say that was like a, a slight down note, like this tail end of the card, a lot of fun, but I feel like the finish was felt oh, like it was wrong somehow. Uppercut finish, fit. like I like that match. I, I, I thought that was better than a four. I was expecting it to be so throwaway, but I got into I'll that because of King and. And Cesaro, I'll give it 3.75, but I'd have given it that on Rampage in the main event because that's what I yeah. kind of want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see that. And I love everyone in here too. Um, but I didn't agree. Like, that's the one where it's like everyone's talking about JP this about being the greatest five match run ever. I don't know if that that, that felt like what happens on those, uh, you know, Wrestle Kingdom cards where the uh, the shit world heavyweight tag team title match <laughs> ruins that five match run. Like, that was that there. It wasn't shit, don't get me wrong, but I don't think it was the level of the rest of the cards. No. And I would go with you 3.75 for it as well, partly because of the finish. The finish felt soft and rather than like Claudio, I don't know, even if it was a roll up and he was pulling the tights slightly, I would have been happier with that rather than the uppercut. That was the thing I probably had a kind of most of the 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 issue with well, in, in terms of gonna lose to Claudio. We said on the weekend show, didn't we? Like, and this was SP3's fantasy book or not mine. But he was like, you know, obviously we're we're probably building to Eddie beating Claudio in New York. So yeah. we're saving the singles match for then. They could have had a singles match here with Claudio. If Claudio was going to beat Kingston anyway, 
you could tell that same same story they did with the acclaimed and Swerve and Keith Lee, where he loses the first one but wins the second one. Why did this have to be a rampage tag team match? That's like, it. You know, yeah. Why did Will Eater need to be there? Why even Shibata, as much as I love him, like you know, yeah, nothing. Yeah. It, it still was like effectively a thrown together tag, wasn't it? Mm. Like really, mm. where Katsuyori Shibata is coming into this just to to play off. I mean, they didn't even they had Kawada over there, and he wasn't even in the front row. <laughs> and even Muto turned up bloody for, for <laughs> yeah. payback, didn't he? <laughs> he like, did. one that yeah, couldn't. I, I wouldn't go yeah. with. I wouldn't go with that run for it. I mean, I suppose if we're gonna go. Onto the other match. I don't know. Do you want to do the main or do you want to do the Kenny match? No, keep I mean, going, keep going, keep going. Because I think the next one's probably the one Matty's going to say is the, the match of the night. The Kenny match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, that was fucking great. And again, that should have really been on Wembley, shouldn't it? That's mm. for that one. But it was Takeshita can just deliver in ring as well. I mean, it was actually the point of that, that fucking that back suplex he did where he just dropped Kenny on Ooh. his head early doors was just kind of. <laughs> It was terrifying, wasn't it? But Omega had someone in there who physically could completely live with him. The ver- this version of Kenny Omega, who's kind of like broken down and the rest of it. I was surprised by the finish in the end in terms of him winning. I thought even the stuff with the screwdriver and, and, and the rest of it was was kind yeah, of like, yeah, like I, I didn't necessarily mind that as, as much as well. But I, I mean... Sadly for me, made me think when he dropped the the knee pad, I thought oh, this is all very Kotarabushi. I thought well, I don't want us to go down in that direction as well. In some ways, I want to see Takeshita now go. Don Callis goes right now. You're going after the world champion. Like it needs, like you need to do these kind of definitive things with him and now and extend the feud. You can extend the feud with Kenny. I see you shaking your head there, mate. You yeah. can do that, but it needs. He now has to be a substantial. Like you can't. Don't bother no, with agree, Jericho and Don Callis. I just, I just don't think he'll do it. Almost retcon that, do that. history. I, yeah. I don't think... I. You know, we talk about follow-up. Like, it would be very AEW for Takesh to get this big win over Kenny and for him to just never capitalise on it, never get his world title shot, show up on Rampage in six weeks. Yeah. But we're forgetting Don Callis is there. Don yeah. Callis is not going to shut up about the fact yeah. that he pinned Kenny Omega there. Like, that's just safety Twice net. Twice in a week. Yeah, I think they'll get that story over because that yeah. should mean something. And I think it will mean something, Matt, because, like, yeah. coming off this match, the catch looked every bit, you know, uh, we knew that going in. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world as well. We said it on the preview. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I know you love this one, Matt. Like, this was yeah. probably more up your street than, uh, than Danielson and Starks. But can just say, though, even for, like, we've had, like, you know, that um, that angle the other week at Jim Ross and Kenny O'Meara, but that was more for the six-man. The store, the core story these are trying to tell with this feud is brilliant. I think like you've got Ken broken down, tying in with the Callis team. He's got the new Kenny Omega, a younger version, a healthier, a faster, whatever you want to say. And he's beaten twice, and it just leads. JP, I agree with what you're saying. He should be getting a shot, and then go back to the Kenny. But I just don't think Khan will do that. And Benno's suggestions more like more likely to happen where he'll just be forgotten about. But no, you it's going to be. You blow this off a full gear, you give it the whole, even put Kenny, I know it might be a bit WWE, put Kenny's career on the line, get a big match where Kenny gets the win, finally. But this whole story, what you're saying there, I think it's been brilliant. In the match itself, Jay, you mentioned that German suplex, the brain buster on the floor, oh. the sent on, the sent on over the top to the chairs, the blue oh. thunder off the top rope. I mean, oh. that was insane. This is Kenny Omega, as you say. We want to see him in these matches, and he delivers all the this time. This is the Kenny we want. 
Yeah. Kenny in singles <laughs> matches. Even Sue Williams jumped in our Discord and was like, I get what you mean now, lads. He was joking, but you know what I mean? <laughs> different level. It's JP, it's a different, it's a different human being when he's in these matches. I love oh. it. Even the end with the screwdriver callbacks, obviously the turn. He was he done the Al Berserker Undertaker where it's stuck in the middle of the air, stuck in the middle of the ring. That visual of just seeing it, how close he was, and Kenny himself. Good. It was brilliant. It was so good. And then even the end stuff. I love I love the end, JP, where He's, he's given it. I thought that you know the fans bought it where he kicked out of that knee and then just getting the knee pad down. Ken sold it like death. One, two, three. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Honestly, fucking absolutely love this. I'd go four, seven, five. Could even be five, Ben. I don't even I'm, I'm torn. I fucking loved it. Just to see, as you say, Kenny Omega back. And I, I want this to happen a full gear, and we'll get another chapter to the story because I'm all in on it. Love it. It's the Kenny we want, JP. It absolutely is. I don't think I'd go as high as you. I'd go like Maybe between four point two five and four and a half. I like I like hedging in the middle. I need a point three three or something like that. <laughs> um, I'm somewhere there, but it was high level. Maybe to be fair, I'm probably close to four and a half. Just high level. That's where I am. Stress, athletics with a story to like unbelievable. And Takeshi got put over massively, which you know Kenny wanted to. It was everything. Yep. Everything we've been screaming for, JP. We wanted this match on all in for a reason. Yeah, exactly. It was never going to be like. I'll be honest. I wanted a kind of. I would say even a bigger Kenny match than Takeshi, but then come point of going, oh, I'm all right with Takeshi. They're, they're being yeah, there, yeah, they're, they're going to do it. And then it was when it was six months. Like, well, no, because there's no real stakes to this. This felt like it had stakes to it because it, it's an important, it's an important thing because we have been trained to believe that Kenny Omega singles matches are special, and they are always good. And this was an example of that. I, like I say, four and a half, like it's top quality, like wrestling, and it's Kenny in a serious storyline. It just doesn't have his his fucking kiddie wink mates knocking around with him, like Keep doing insane daft shit. Keep them away from it because they ruin these storylines. And you want it to be serious. And and by the feud, it kind of, I, I still kind of want it with Don Callis. I don't want, I do not want to see Kota Ibushi in this at all. I don't see the ghost no. of Kota Ibushi in it. Like <laughs> I really, TM yeah, exactly. <laughs> very very true on this that. Live show if you want to hear. <laughs> Can I just say, though, uh, before we move on, do you think we're ever going to... Uh, can Callus bump anymore? Are we ever going to get to see that one-wing angel when he finally gets his hands on him, or is it just going to be a straight-up game? Screwdriver or a screwdriver back, won't it? That'll be to end it back to him. And he'll have that neck brace on longer... He'll have that neck brace on longer than Roderick Strong. Honestly. Yeah, he will. <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah, that cut on his head just keeps getting, like, redder <laughs> and longer. <laughs> it's, like it's become a comedy bit, hasn't it? Um, but, yeah, and again, we were very critical of the build to this, weren't we, JP? Mm. Like, we loved, you know, Takeshi going over her all in made sense, and there were little moments in the story that were good, but it did yeah. feel a bit fractured and a bit, like, you know, they missed the peak. Um, no complaints with the match itself. Surprise, surprise with this card, and no, hopefully, no complaints with the payoff. Um, but we'll see. Uh, we'll I think Callis got derailed with the Jericho stuff. Definitely. I think that yeah. was a problem. It just took him away out of it, and he didn't even need he to heal be again. There for... Fucking, I, that'd be one of the first things they need to go right. Is this this bloke they need to look at his storylines at some point? But anyway, that's a whole mm. conversation for another time. Definitely. Um, yeah, very quickly before the main event, Bullet Club Gold beat FTR, probably most notable, and, and the box most notable for the uh, for the crowd response. Like I say, on the weekend show, I would have preferred a more prestigious, you know, three-way maybe with the Bullet Club lads, you know, that could maybe have made sense. Mm. But they went with this instead. And again, this was, I mean, similar to the Blackpool Combat Club match. This was another, 
I'd probably go 3.75 on it, but it was utterly compelling stuff just to watch the crowd reaction and to watch Dax and Cash after awkwardly team with the Young Bucks. No, knowing the Young Bucks were trying to take a victory lap for Punk and all the jeers they were getting, knowing that Dax was real life, like seething. You know, there was even a point when they did the uh, the BT trigger where Dax did like the tap of his hand, like CM Punk on Collision. We had their uh, Cash do it, throwing up the X, and st- it's still real to those lads. Um, it was every bit real, and they were probably gutted that the crowd were. It felt to me like the crowd were actually booing them just for teaming with the Young Bucks, <laughs> like they 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 betrayed Punk themselves um, in a little way. But I found that stuff absolutely fascinating. I thought Juice Robinson was great again. Thought Jay White was great again, and yeah, big win for the uh, the Guns as well. But overall, good bit of business. Not the most prestigious magical book uh, an eight man tag, but in the end, um, I thought the lads delivered. I do want to see at this point Bullet Club got a gold. I mean, I just want to see him call himself the Bang Bang Club just because it isn't Bullet Club. Um, but I would just want to see Jay White as like the proper like going for singles, doing single stuff with Juice Robinson as his kind of like comedy sidekick and the guns as the tag team. Cause that works yeah. just like doing that. And I was glad that they went over on that. It's, but yeah, it, it, where they're going to go with Bucks FTR. I, I assume we're going to get another match. At, um, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Possibly at this wrestle dream show, you could see them doing two out of three falls. You could, might see him try and headline it with like some sort of Iron Man match. Iron Man match, GP. I was Something along that. those, a tag team Iron Man match. They haven't done that before, you know, that's the kind of thing I could see them doing. Um, it's yeah, and that'll be interesting for crowd reactions and, and other things there. But yeah, it was a, it was a, again, a, a perfectly fine match for what it was, entertaining. You, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't go berserk over it. What do you make of it, Matt? What do you make of the uh, the books? Uh... Uh, kind of the response they got from the crowd and their response yeah, to it. They were yeah. hamming it up, weren't they? You know, we were pissed a lot them before, but then what else do you expect them to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, uh, that environment, I, I just, got it. With the books overall, I just hope this punk being gone takes the fucking scowl off the faces and they start just just looking motivated. Like they just, yeah. you know, they, they still. They're still doing their act from 2017, just a watered down version of it. They've not really evolved since they've been in AW, but from a look, but they just look older. That's the only difference. Yeah. So you know what? They haven't got the young bucks bald and the young bucks hair now, haven't we? That's where we are. I hope they get going. I hope they really like go, okay. You know, I think was it you, JP, or was it was it, I can't remember. Did so many podcasts like saying that like maybe they could turn and, jo- and join like the local goal? Like that would involve character development, which we've not had from them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that would never happen. Grow the beards, their, their development, isn't it? Grow the full beard. <laughs> but maybe because the cunts have won, you know, over Punk. Now we'll get something, Matty. Now we'll get them, you know, doing. <laughs> Something. <laughs> the coast and Ben have signed that new four-year deal. The coast and Andy, you know what I mean. And as you say, with, with Punk on, hopefully it does. But you know what, boys? I like. I love this match. I honestly thought this was like really good, especially like the last five. I thought it was a good pace throughout. But that end stretch reminded me of any like, platter get on me like PWG stuff without the high moves. It was just so fast paced. Everyone coming in and out, and a. My favourite thing in wrestling is when Jay White goes for the fucking blade uh, runner because he's never hitting it that first time. How many times did he go for it? He loves them reversals okay. and he kept going for it. But I love the finish as well where he did hit it and obviously the, the, one of the guns was the legal man. And I did love, even though the book's even like a playing wrestler type thing, what like you get nailed for, is like I was late. 
you know, we'll be saying to the FTR, I was late, you know, and even Cash at the end was like, I'm sorry. And I just love that little, like, realness to it kind of thing where it's a bit wink, 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 but real at the same time. I fucking love that. And I, yeah, I love this match. Really did. There we go. So, yeah, that was it. You found that. And it was a good card placement, I thought, for it as it yeah. led into. Allegedly, the main event. Uh, and to be fair, the lads, we said it in the preview, didn't we? JP, Moxley, and, Ka- and Ange Cassidy were probably going to be the story of this. In the end, I actually think it was more Danielson um, and more just this like five match stretch in general. But Moxley and Ange Cassidy did deliver. Um, and yeah. Moxley put over Cassidy strong. It was another one of them, despite winning. And, you know, I don't know what the stick in the landing means with Ange Cassidy after this, whether you, you do move him up or whatever. But as a match, I thought it was great. You know, I maybe didn't hundred percent buy the commentary talking up the international title like it was the uh, you know the world heavyweight title equivalent <laughs> or whatever Seth Rollins is carrying into the WWE. But you could make the argument now, which is wild considering where we started with Aaron Cassidy in this belt. So God bless him for this great run, and it felt almost like poetic, the right place to pay that one off for him to be in the main event of a pay-per-view, to lose it to the other MVP of the company in, in John Moxley, and for us to all, because all great stories do have to come to an end, and for it to come to an end, and all, all of us to look back and appreciate, you know, what, what, what Orange Cassidy has done in this run, and, you know, I think he's, you know, even his biggest doubters, I think, have turned down on him now. Like, it's it's actually a worn-out talking point now, isn't it? Like, every, I think everyone just agrees Orange Cassidy's great. There's maybe one or two outliers now, but, like, He's been fucking fantastic, and this run um, summed him up. They nailed his character, and I think this is the thing that's really connected. When I was speaking about earlier on about people that they could really go with as being unique to them, Orange Cassidy is that person. You just see the react, but the idea of like, like I loved the Moxley promo about about him that he cut, and it was, and I thought that did as much as anything to set in my mind. I was like, ah, oh, this is going to be good. Just this idea, I don't know who you're cosplaying as. It's like, no, I'm taking you seriously. Yeah. And that's what this was. He took him seriously and had to dig deep in order to beat him. And this was something where it was like, but you also, as opposed to the Ricky Stark story, I think this had a had like a, that better story of this like great run, this previously unheralded guy who'd always kind of upset the odds has become quietly like the the ace, and they talk about like the four pillars of the company. This person who's kind of like irreplaceable, like I mean, next to MJF of like of those younger of the other sort of more unheralded guys when they initially started up. This is the guy who has stepped in and can absolutely deliver. And it was, and I even loved like there was the moment in the match where you, he puts his hands in his pockets and you think it's just going to be the soft kicks, and then he just starts laying it in. And you were just like, get in. Like, this is that's character progression through a match because that's something he never would have done. But he's reached that kind of point where he's taken himself seriously for it. And this needs to be drawn. This, you need to go back to this. You may not go back to it straight away, but like, Orange Cassidy has to be put into that top line mix because the crowder is always going to be there with him and he is going to be unique. And he's done like kind of media and stuff for AEW and he's very, very good at it. And it's just a completely like he can do comedy, but also at this point it, it did feel incredibly dramatic. If you might think, okay, I've seen elements of these kind of matches before. I didn't care. I just didn't care. Like I thought the, the blade job was great that he did. Like this would be my match of the night. I'd go 4.75 on this. I just, Oh wow. I was about I to loved, say Chris was a bit high for me, but yeah, fair enough. Like, yeah, I, I loved it. 
I just, I mean, and again, this is probably me stealing kind of Matty's line for it, but it just felt like a proper story. And the ending was kind of lovely in terms of the the crowd oh. serenading him and Moxley letting, allowing that to happen as well. Like, mm. and you think to yourself, like, that's why he's one of the MVPs. That's like kind of, he, you speak about yeah. the people you need to keep, keep on there, but that's why you also need to put him in single stuff. Like rather than having him doing the multi-man stuff on the side, this is because he can he can add so much to it, and he it felt like he he properly yeah. like put him over, but p- put him over in a main event context because that's right the way, person. Yeah, right way to end the reset show is what I'd say, yeah. Matt. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm with JP. This was just underneath uh, Ken and Takeshita for me. I fucking love this, and I went into this with zero expectations because I haven't seen Cassidy's run. I'm aware of it, of course. Not the biggest Moxley guy in the world. I'm genuinely not think he's overrated. Comes into this, and as JP said, I knew the story. Just sneaking these in, JP, just under the wire. I'm not his crap, too. I say overrated. But it's like, and I got the story straight away, and it was honestly, this was, I was glued to this. Because obviously I like Omega and stuff, so I'm invested. That I was glued to this match, JP. It was fucking brilliant. And Benno, this is a far cry from four years ago with Orange Cassidy going up against Brian Alvarez at 5 a.m. in the morning. He's main event of the <laughs> pay-per-view here. And honestly, it was refreshing, even JP, even little story bits and lore, whatever we call it these days, what, what I'm getting painted as. Moxley didn't bleed. Cassidy's the guy who bled in this. For yeah. once, he actually didn't bleed and he's won the match. <laughs> you know what I mean? And as you say there, like, it was at the end, Moxley acknowledging that it took everything he had to beat Orange Cassidy. And he was giving him basically, without giving him a handshake and a hug, he kept looking back on the ramp, didn't he? He, he didn't take his eyes off and was just like, you tough motherfucker, I've had to give you my everything here. And even Cassidy at the end, like getting up and, you know, having that little bit of standing ovation and stuff like that. Honestly, this was, and you've got to move them on now. This is can't be another Wardlow for me. I waxed about Wardlow at the time. You've got to move. Cassidy can't be Benno in a battle royal, or he genuinely can't be in a throwaway tag. You've got to push him on now to bigger things because this is his moment. He's always liked them, can, and he's always been behind them. You've got to go fully with them because the fans fucking love him as well. Yeah. Honestly, I can't speak high enough of this for something I had zero you- expectations in. CM Punk's selling point is always him being this kind of counterculture figure and something completely different from what we expect from a wrestler. That's what Orange Cassidy is. I know he's not the same, obviously, but you have something here and he's kind of, he is massively over to that crowd and has that kind of the snarky people in the back like ourselves. We also really like him and enjoy him because we get it. It's like, no, it works. He is a great wrestler. He just fucks with their heads. That's the whole thing that he does. He just knows how to fuck with their heads. But he can also be sort of violent and nasty and, and everything else. And, yeah, it's just, again, whether this comes through on the TV or if he's just doing, like, stuff with best friends that's kind of inconsequential bullshit. I don't know if you're on mute, Benno. Oh, can't hear you, mate. You're on mute, Benno. Oh, sorry. I was making an amazing point. He's animated. <laughs> he's animated. <laughs> This is the thing about the booking, like why the booking is important. No, it is though, because it's like, yes, it's all well and good. These three, I think we're actually in different places with the three matches. I was closer to 4.25 on this one. You have taught me to a four and a half, I think, <laughs> with, with your praise. But like, it's not, wrestling's not just about good matches. 
they're very, 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 very important, and we all love them. But like that's why booking's important. It's the follow up now. It's where you know it's the booking of Orange Cassidy. At this point deserves praise, and we've given it. I think the right praise that it deserves. But you want to see Orange Cassidy push on. You want to see Ricky Star push on. You want to see Takeshita be solidified as an upper mid card heel and move up that AEW depth depth chart. That's now how you take the momentum from these three big matches on this show and push on. It's that. It's basic book on 101 that we are still all a little bit scared aw won't do and that's where i think the good faith criticism kind of comes from but like that's how they close the show i mean we can talk about like the the undercard it's like a job lot i don't know where where you guys want to start you want to start with uh you know the samoa joe and mjf antics across those two matches do we start with uh with CJ Perry turning up, Matt, did we start with uh, Hangman Adam Page winning the uh, prestigious... Uh, I want you to wax medical on that, Benno, please. Please, give your thoughts on that, please. I've been waiting for it. Come on, give, give us them, JP. We'll sit back. Give us them. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm worn out on this. because this is Benno on this. Because don't we, me and JP get, but get painted as, like, you know, pro-CM Punk. We hate the elite. We've got this... You know, parasocial issue with uh, with those lads in a, in the opposite way to the the people who who love every little thing they do. I think Hangman Page is one of the four most important wrestlers in this company. Like I can't say that enough. So any criticism that comes with me with Hangman Page, believe me, that's my starting position. Me and Steph did like a, we're going to do a podcast about. It. I think we've decided at some point like a an AEW depth chart. And fuck me, was it hard to be like, well, who are the main eventers in AEW? We've lost one now, so it's basically what Jericho, Kenny, Mox, maybe Danielson, and supposedly Hangman Page. But like that lad, like remember Revolution? Remember how red hot he felt coming off that Moxley match? Remember how that felt like the end of an amazing chapter that had been end. And he had this amazing fucking scalp. And it was like, wow, we've done it. Hangman Page is now back to the level he should have been as world champion. And he's at that tippy top of AEW. Like, it's not, it's it's become a meme, but it's absolutely true. The lads had one singles match since then. That was fucking February, March. Like, that's when Revolution was. It was early March. Like, look where we are now. Like, it's fucking September. And they've only they gave him a singles match on Rampage and he won this battle royal. Like, that's booking malpractice. Like, he should be. Remember the thing in WWE? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not using this as a positive about Vince McMahon, but there was a thing with Vince where, like, I remember it being a big thing that Brian Danielson, amongst the Yes movement, had made it onto Vince's little shortlist of the four or five wrestlers where every week you get to TV and go, okay, but what are we doing with him? What are we doing with John Cena? What are we doing with CM Punk? What are we doing with Brian Danielson? Like, there's wrestlers who should be at that level in your wrestling company. Hangman Page should be on that list. And somehow we've let that slip since Revolution. And yes, he was in the background of the Elite BCC feud. Yes, every now and again, he turns up backstage and cuts a shitty, pro- sh- really <laughs> shitty program that last time, the fucking ambulance one. But yeah, he's involved in that. Yeah, he got to be in a fucking trios match at all in and got the, the least pop other than Kota Ibushi of anybody out there. Hangman Page is above that. Hangman Page is the main character of your promotion. He's won this battle royal. There's a there's a positive despite the fucking scrubs he beats and shouldn't have been anywhere near in this on the fucking pre-show. But move forward now. Every week on Dynamite, Tony Khan should be like, what have we got for Hangman Page this week? How do we keep that momentum going? How many times do we say, JP, momentum, fucking 
hard to get, easy to lose. Like they lost that yeah. man, man momentum completely so easily back in March. Um, it's ridiculous. And they tried at the beginning, but he was injured at that point in time. They haven't got the excuse this time for it as well. He, I'm with you. He's it's just lost to Evil Uno. The chat have just reminded me. He lost oh in a on a rampage to Evil Uno to and set it's... up a fucking all in match that didn't even end up happening. Oh, it's fucking just... malpractice. Yeah, he's exactly booking malpractice for it as well. Like, I mean, he should be like, and I know it's not the direction they're going to be doing with MJF, obviously, but, you know, he should be like as a challenger to him. If we're talking about, okay, have him as a challenger going into this Wrestle Dream show or even Full Gear afterwards, which is nominally the show named after him, isn't it? Like, you know, so it is like, they're the directions that you can do with him. This is just an absolute waste of time for it as well. Rather like the Ring of Honor tag match. I know you're going to mention that, like, those two <laughs> Yeah, together. I missed MJF from a list of tippy-top main events. And Adam Cole's above Hangman Beige in the back of order right now. Yeah, and he he's earned it too, hasn't he? Um, yeah. Yeah, go there. let's go there next, word. You, you take over. Have a, I talk hey. did, did they give you what you wanted, Matt? Did you get what you wanted? Man, I want that clip and send to me personally, please. I fucking love that. <laughs> <laughs> my, my thoughts are these. I mean, I didn't really care for the tag match. I was just waiting for the bit where they won. Not oh, happened really, like, did it? It was just a match, wasn't it? Like, you know, we get the angle with Joe after, but like, yeah. why did it have to happen? Why do we have to get the Dark Horde? Oh, no, I'm going again. Why the Dark Horde? <laughs> you don't remember watching this. Sorry, sorry, I'll let you start. You don't remember watching this match? Like, I was mad enough that this match existed. Like, listen to the weekend show, I was fuming that the Dark Order got this spot. I'd just forgotten they were heels. Like, it'd be bad enough when they were baby faces. MJF had them call to sell for them and give them heat. These heels oh. with fucking evil Uno on the outside putting the boot in. These fucking, they shouldn't be. A, if I was fucking Tony Khan, I'd have walked out like fucking Vince during that Rhino Tajiri match. Or like a Tony Onoki when fucking um, Luke Gallows was stinking it up and whatever it was. Like, they, I'd have just given them the hook and go, lad, you sack now, actually. Just go. Just go. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind a fucking pay per view slot against the two most over wrestlers in the company oh. for no purpose. No story was faded. MJF had a fake injury angle and they got a pop for it. The story happened after the match. This match didn't mm. need to exist. I still don't understand why it existed. Why was why? I don't understand why it existed at all. I mean, the thing that I would go for is oh. the dogs trying to get out of the room. Is um, <laughs> is I would say that like. Him versus MJF versus Samoa Joe is like a kind of nice distraction from it. I'm I'm kind of all right with that necessarily. If it's short term, it's a, to be in the adult in the room. Basically, that's it what is. it is, isn't it? That's, that's generally exactly what it is. Yeah. I mean, I thought the match was shot. I don't mind Shane Taylor. Like I say, I was thinking to myself watching this match, going, "Christ, Keith Lee's at that point. We could just reteam them, couldn't you? In, uh, in yeah. their tag team, these to be in Ring of Honor, and it'd probably be." Like absolutely fine, which is more a damning indictment of what they've done with Keith Lee, which is nothing. Um, and the match itself was short enough and fine. And as a feud, I'm all right for them to go in in that direction. Just the tag match, I was just like, I oh, was just waiting for it to end because I just didn't give a shit. Couldn't yeah, give a shit. It should have been if we're talking booking. It should have been the kingdom. I know that that's not yeah. every, lighting everyone's you know juices on fire, it but it makes sense. It makes sense. It totally makes sense. Ooh, just that, an over tag team. Yeah. How about Jay Weiss and Juice Robinson? <laughs> They're over heels. That would make yeah. sense. Lucha Brothers. You know, the guns could have been in a three-way with FTR on the books. Like done. 
Sorted. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Hey, Joe, we're... Joe Shane Taylor was a disservice to Shane Taylor, though. I felt bad for him. Yeah. He's on Twitter now, defending himself against knobheads, going, well, you know, I've earned this spot type of thing. It's not his fault that they put him on this pay-per-view ice cold. Like, yeah. And, of course, the match was never was not going to get over, but they had a fun you know, match for what it was. It was just, it was an uphill battle, wasn't it? It was an ROH yeah. singles match coming after the ROH tag team title match. It's the... Um, Needs to get that TV belt off Joe as well, because it's just... It's just he has a belt to carry around with him, but he defends it probably as a win. Now we know that. Now we know everything. Yeah, he probably but he, also, all <laughs> but he also loses to people as well at the same time while being Ring of Honor champion, but it's never something he ends up defending. It's like uh, yeah, okay. Punk wasn't so interested. Just, if there's a way of getting that off him, that would be that would be a direction I would go in. But yeah. I'm I'm yeah. happy I'm all right with him getting a feud because if he goes in there with like MJF kind of shitting himself about facing Samoa Joe and Adam Cole trying to talk him up. I suppose you can get some funny skits for the kind of humour that they've been doing while Samoa Joe gets to act like a killer, which has worked in recent weeks. And, you know, you he's got Adam Cole up, aren't he, JP? Yeah. And MJF can be all like climb for him and or do it the other way around where he, you know, stuff like that. But what did you think on the callback of the, uh, the shove? From the NXT uh, walkout with the MJF and Joe. Very MJF, isn't it? Yeah, very, very MJF at the minute. Yeah, he's loving that. He's a bit of black and gold. He does. He fucking loves it. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's it's a good it's a good excuse to do a little mini program to get you through the New York TV show. I'm fine with it. Yeah. And I, I gotta say though, yeah, the the fact that they did the uh, the guillotine choke wasn't lost that Beth. Like, of course they did. Like, you know, fucking. Like, yeah, um, we've got to play off that stuff, haven't we? Uh, of course, we have. Um, what else was on this? Uh, on the, the carbage, plenty meat. of meat, plenty of meat. Meat, that's where yeah. we should go next. Me and Powerhouse Hobbs S- screamed you too, especially you, JP. I felt weird about it because the crowd hijacked it a bit too much. I agree, that's JP. where I am. I thought this was fine as a match. Like generally, and there were, you know, the amount of times that Miro has wrestled is kind of comical. What they were talking about, was it three times that he's mm. like six times in two years, three in each <laughs> each of the years, which is just ridiculous when you think to it. Um, I didn't like the CJ Perry stuff afterwards. I mean, yeah, he got a pop and the rest of it, but I just thought this was very, very, very weird. Like for that as well, it was weird. But, yeah, it wasn't the way to because I, I will defend CJ Perry. Like I think. As Lana, I thought she was fantastic mm. in the yeah. in the in the Rusev act. I think she was. She doesn't get the credit she deserves for how good she was because they tried to make it a wrestler that was terrible, and then they tried to do the split up thing that was terrible. But at its core, as a package, they were unbelievable together, yeah. and it should be a place that they get to. But I just expected like on one of Miro's ten comebacks at some point, like she just would have been behind them. You would have been like, oh, and here's my god, or however they would have got to it. You know what I mean? Here's my flexible wife, and she'd have come out. I wouldn't have had to come out with a steel chair. This was very <laughs> so as well. We sure he's a fat chair. I'm sure he's given tips, you know, but I've said it for months <laughs> and years. I've said it. I have. Well, we do because it, it did. It undermined the big beefy lads having a fucking scrap, which was great, and like that didn't need that. Like that wasn't the place to do this as much as I don't mind it as a destination because I do think she's got something to offer and she'll have value. But I agree with JP. It got a bit too much to hijacking. It started off as a nice little bit of, and then they were taking the piss out of them. I thought in the end, they were genuinely taking the piss out of the lads and they were trying to have a good match, which they did have a good little scrap. But yeah, with with Lana, sorry, CJ Perry, 
I don't know what they're going to do. He's denounced that, hasn't he? <laughs> for talking storylines. So, as no, you got stories, mate. In, yeah, I, yeah, it is. So, I don't know what's going to go on. What's unflexible, according yeah. to the, uh, the video, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 with the chair, I agree with that. Didn't need to happen, did it? That just did no. not need to happen. So, but yeah, hopefully, they no. can get their magic back then, Owen. Do you trying to tell me you ain't a fan of Lana and Dolph Ziggler as an item, no? <laughs> in the show, remember that? <laughs> No. <laughs> no idea until he'd mentioned it just then. I thought so. I thought so, boys. We all remember the tank and that's about it. Um Luciosaurus, Benno? Yeah, one? I think it was pretty well done. I'm surprised Darby did the match. I thought they were gonna mm. do a late late switch with uh, with Nick Wayne. I honestly did have a moment he heart skipped a beat when they were uh Beating down a uh, derby after the match, and we were waiting for a save, and it was just yeah. a parade of jobbers. I th- I honestly thought, <laughs> did you, did you really? <laughs> coming back. <laughs> oh, it's coming soon, though, Beto. Are you, have you got? Yeah, have you fully accepted that it's coming? Have yeah, you? yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, and I would guess he's going to come and like Stingle just disappear off TV for a while, and he'll save Derby. I think that's. Maybe that's have a, and then at some point Edge and Christian reunite because that's the other problem with bringing Edge in you've got to turn Christian and Christian's been incredible as a heel I don't want to do oh, that yeah. yet so I think that I think that's what they're going to do maybe New York maybe can I just mention about Luchasaurus like I haven't seen his act properly he genuinely is just Kane though he's got Kane's music and he's hitting these tombstones <laughs> he genuinely I was like it's like Kane's music when it first kicks in <laughs> yeah, this guy was like what and they, they used the two tombstones and that and the choke slam. I was like yeah, very, very weird. But yeah, um, yeah, we'll see what we do with uh, Darby Allen next, Benno. He's one of yours. Like, he is got... good, Darby Allen. Like, he is very good. Have we got this far down the line without talking about Rod Zilla being on the show? Um, like, <laughs> it was on the picture. Oh the, like, the best part of that, Matt, and the only notable part of that was when he did the guitar shot and they just refused to leave the rink. Like, and Billy Gunn had to have a word, didn't he? Billy Gunn had to get him out. was like, get out. And he didn't. He just stood there. He's like, I'm Dennis Robin, basically. I'm not leaving. So In Aubrey front of the ref. What Aubrey... Luckily, Aubrey's, Aubrey hasn't got much credibility anyway, and she's very good at pretending that she doesn't see things. Just had to count like he wasn't there. <laughs> just <fucking laughs> And I'll ignore all the guitar paraphernalia on the floor as well. <laughs> um, and yeah, outside that, the only other stuff's the women's matches. And I haven't left it last to be, you know, yeah, negative for the women's division. I just don't think either were particularly notable. No. Um, anything to say about uh, about about what we got? Like Chris Statland and Ruby Soho. I think Chris Statland has struggled to gain any of the momentum she had um, yeah. for her injury. It was fine. I was just looking at it going, why is Saraya not in the match? Um, she's gonna the be outcast the, uh... story in it. It's like uh... Tony Storms Lee is she let fully fully left now? And looks like I she's do like Tony Storms fucking new character though. I've got to say that every time mm. on. I think she's been hilarious, really good mm. stuff. Mm. And yeah, the other women's match was on the pre-show, wasn't it? it was the uh, the six uh, another six woman tag, which the uh, the big fans are doing right now. Yeah, they just do that every week on TV. So I kind of it was just interesting to see Athena out there and go, <laughs> there's someone they could use, but <laughs> Liam's cracking me up there, so in the chat. Yeah, it's the match of the weekend. Rod Zilla be the hard <laughs> You know, we went to the way full NWO game and some of that time. Oh, yeah. Wasn't allowed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I oh, also it. found out, I actually don't think Purple Aki's dead based on the uh, the weekend show. So good news, folks. Um, okay. I think that was a uh, that was a myth. So uh, I bet, yeah, I bet not be using that name then in case he is this. 
Well, on the week, that's why I bring it up on the weekend show. I wasn't sure what to call it, Rodzilla or uh, or R.I.P. Aki, but you know, Rodzilla was the right choice. Um, so it's good to uh, of the two breaking news items we got on the weekend show. One of them working his own angles now, isn't he, old Aki? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Well, all in all, yeah. great cracking pay per view. Oh yeah, papers over the cracks. But yes, all of the issues still exist. I think it's funny. I've, most of the podcasts I've listened to this week are making points. I'm, I know we like slapping ourselves on the back. Points we were making six weeks ago. Yeah. The build was shit, but the match was good. The matches were good. Two things can be true. I've heard that statement on like three of like my four favorite podcasts, like over the last couple of days, I think. And we were shouting it about all in, weren't we? And all out ended up being an even bigger example of it, JP. Yeah. It is, uh, but they need to learn the lessons of like, okay, now we've got the locker room united. What is the direction they're going in? Because they're just winging it at this point. And there has to be a point where someone has to have a word going, no, we need to you make it a buys? Did you make it a so doing the boys, like, they're doing a victory lap on it because it looks like all in is close to 200,000, but all out is close to 100,000. And it's like, well, that's fine because it was a week later. It's like, again, you chose that and all out was one of your biggest brands. Like, should you mm. be happy with that? Like, and the gate you know, is low. That's a, for... the pay per view buyers. That's another point. Pay per view buyers aren't aren't based on the good matches. You don't know whether the matches are going to be good when they buy the pay per view. You buy the pay per view because of the stories, the stakes, and the build. And you know, obviously, with a week to do it, there was no build. Uh, and even then, I think yeah. it, it failed the uh, the test of what you could do in a week. I think so. I think if you look at both business matches, you look at that. It's like well, that's half of what it was the week before, which isn't like. And trying to combine them is just. Like, this is not WrestleMania night one and two. You weren't building them as a package. You weren't selling them as a package. You were selling them individually, so you have to treat them as two individual shows. And the other one doing, like, 800,000 at the gate, which, if you consider that's a very expensive arena run, and the rest of it, it's not going to be as profitable, certainly nowhere near as to what All In was, and, Mm. like, you know, how they should take it. I mean, that's the thing with this. Do they heed the warning signs? Or do they just go, ah, now we're sorted. The problem in all of this is CM Punk because AEW's problems do not begin and end with him. There are other issues going on there, particularly the creative side, the organisation of the company, people's roles within the company. There's all of these things they need to get sorted out and they need to get back on track with it because it's a brutal business. And if they, and again, if the TV doesn't, doesn't pick up on this stuff, then it's going to be back to the same, okay, now we're rushing to Arthur Ashe, and then we've got a pay-per-view after that, and we've got the same situation again in about three weeks' time, two weeks' time even. That's mental. It's mad because it was a pay-per-view with, you know, a middling build with a lack of, like, main event talent on it that over-delivered in the end. Um, Mm -hmm. But enough about payback, which we're about to talk about. Um, Matty, (laughs) if you want an example of that, here you I go. Know. No, we'll hey, they got on the weekend shelf. They got away with one, yeah. Because yeah. WWE would have been getting slated for this if the yeah. headline wasn't what to, what AEW were doing. Like, I, I was really disappointed with the payback build, and really, I mean, the show itself had good matches on it. Like, and there's stuff we can talk about in a minute, but it really did feel like a break from this really yeah. good tradition. I think WWE have given us this year and that, like, despite my being man and JP, harsh critics of the week to week, Matty, we argue about it all the time. I think every time we've sat here on the show and talked about the pay-per-view this year, we've gone, oh, that was good. Or even if it wasn't good, that felt special because it was in yeah. Puerto Rico. It was in the UK. It was something different. This felt like a return to 
the old WWE in, yeah, in okay. some ways. Um, there were matches that are exceptions to that and, and yeah. kind of saved them in a few ways, but overwhelmingly, yeah, felt like this was at a bit of a dud on the calendar and, yeah, kind of got lost in the news cycle too. It was, I said on the weekend show, I expected this to be a B pay-per-view. was hoping to be, you know, exceed expectations, but it was, it was a typical old school pay-per-view with two really good matches though we you know i think there was two really good four plus star matches but the rest were just like you're watching a raw or watching a smackdown there was nothing to them really and yeah so yeah it broke the the, uh, the mold as you say there mm. but the only thing is we've got another couple a uh, couple in between before Survivor Series, so let's hope. Do we? I didn't know that. Yeah. We've got we've got Fastlane <laughs> and Saudi Arabia before uh, Survivor Series. Isn't Fastlane usually in like February. They oh, swapped it the, right. It's October. Is it Fastlane to WrestleMania? Is that not the? No, yeah. they don't usually. It was a little, an elimination chamber now. It, yeah, it was. Know. What was it? Yeah, Reigns and Sami Zayn was that elimination chamber? That was, wasn't it? The event that in Montreal was that? Yeah. So they swapped it round. So yeah, it's. Um, there's a couple more, so hopefully, I don't know if Roman's coming back, if Cena's is actually going to fight on these. We'll I just don't think on. we gave AEW grief for, for not having a proper main event on that pay per view and not like just putting MJF in a serious match or whatever. I don't think, is there an excuse for, yeah, Roman's not here, but like to just do an angle with Cody? Like, you'd surely at that point be like all hands on deck. We need to have a Cody match on this show to make up for the fact that there wasn't really a main event here. Like, this was. It didn't have the issues that that, that AEW had, and yet it was the same result. Yeah. This this was a like it, it, it felt like they were testing the limits of what are they going to be able to do without Cody and without Roman. So I suppose in terms of a bizarre experiment they played themselves, they'll go well. We sold out Pittsburgh and the rest of it, but I watched two matches from this. I watched the steel cage match <laughs> and I watched the, the the street yeah. fight that Matty recommended, and I tried to watch some of Rollins Nakamura, and I was just bored. I was bored and I just went, I'm imagining that the rest of the card was kind of like that pretty much. I mean, because I thought, the, like you say, the cage match was done very, very well. Yeah. Like I thought that was like, that was very good and a, sort of a good way to open up the show and a very sort of like definitive win and, and everything else. And, you know, I, I was, and so I was, I was fine with that. And I'm hoping that Zoe Stark effectively just takes the place of Trish Stratus. And puts her yeah. in, put her properly into the mix because she seems to be doing like a like a like a really good job and, and everything yeah. else. And the street fight was very much just a street fight. I was just more surprised to see Kevin Owens bleed in that way. Yeah. Um, he tried the best not to focus in, didn't he? But they couldn't they be avoided sometimes. He nearly <laughs> killed himself with that new jack dive. New oh, jack mate, swan that swan time was insane, wasn't it? <laughs> it was like nearly missed him, didn't yeah. he? For that. But there was there was enough kind of fun moments and then the judgment day have become a hot act almost in dis- despite its leader leader, but with Damien priest, Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley, like yeah. they've got these three really good cores to it. And I, I I'd like to see him go full board in with, with Damien priest at some point. So I thought those two matches were good, but the other stuff just had zero appeal to it. And it felt like, it felt like they were testing the water of what do we do without these guys in these kind of roles? And you realise actually the depth, particularly when it comes to main event heels and everything else. And uh, I, I mean, I, I watched the Chad Gable versus Gunter match, which was really good. Oh, really fun. Okay. Like his daughter crying in, in the end of it. It's like, Jesus Christ, that really Next pay-per-view, that definitely got yeah, to be. That that has to be something. If you're going to have someone 
end his reign. Yeah. Kind of should go back to this. Like that yeah. would be the, the direction I'd go in. And I'd make sure that Gable's got his family in again. So you can have him hugging. Get them in the ring. Kids. and yeah, yeah. 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 Because like, but there was like the lack of someone like that, or even the lack of like in recent months, like a Seamus, even. Yeah. Like, you know, you were missing people like that. It was like very much LA Knight doing LA Knight style stuff. And yeah. then, you know, having to do the, the tea stuff. But it felt even, like a, a very sort of lazy event. Even Jay Uso, you know, we always have yeah. like fun and games, but now he's uh, on Raw now, JP, you'll have to, he'll be involved. He's over. Yeah. No matter what it is, he's over with the fans, with his new like bouncing with the fans. It's a great visual and he's over. So he can be putting matches now. You know, him and Sammy had the big reuniting on Raw, didn't he? Big hug and that. So the stuff you can do with them and Cody and stuff like that on Raw, or I don't know if he's going to SmackDown for the trade off for Jay Uso. I don't know what's going on. But if we're getting back to the, the cage match, I thought, honestly, on the slide, I've always thought this feud's all right. It's been around longer than it should have been, JP. But this match was unbelievable, I thought. Considering I just thought it'd be a standard, boring cage match. I'm not the biggest fan of cage matches in general anyway. But I thought this was brilliant, the way they done it. Like, even the callbacks to the Widow's Peak and the Twist of Fate for the first women's uh, cage match with Leeton and Victoria. I loved all stuff like that. Trish hanging upside down, I was shit myself thinking, if it fucked Yeah, Steph screamed. Yeah, no, Benno, genuinely. Mm. What if it was just a a, a shoe was slippy or there was a bit of wet on the cage? Madness. (laughs) Absolutely madness. But even the end stuff with the... I haven't seen it in years. The old, uh, well, I've watched the cage match for a while. The old Michael A's, Kenny Von Eric spot, JP, and every yeah. every cage match. We've seen that into the manhandle slam, manhandle slam off the top, but even the bulldog off the top, superplexed under Hogan, Boschman, superplexed. Yeah. Honestly, these, honestly, hats off to these two women because I thought it was fucking brilliant, this match. Really enjoyed it. Really. Yeah, it was really well done. It, I mean, it was maybe lacking a little bit in the... Maybe violence stakes yeah. a little bit for me, and you got that later. So you know, there's at least yeah. that. But so that was really creative, and I've been down on this Trish run. I still don't really understand what it achieves. Like it's just strange that they've got like this veteran back who, like, everyone just wants to give. Oh, isn't it great to see Trish pops and she's a heel? Like it's just the strangest dynamic, isn't it? But this is the best I've seen a lot since she's come back, and this is like. Yeah. Yeah. This lived up to the legend of like because it's kind of a given. It's like oh, but back in the day, Trish was the good one. You actually saw that here. It was like oh, oh okay, yeah. like this was here coming up to the level. I think of like the more modern WWE women stuff. And but she yeah, was a uh, memorable. She had, good. She was wound up as well because the uh, footage. You see where she went up to the guy in the crowd who was like Becky's gonna. She like shut the fuck up. So she could tell she was ready to deliver, like full of it, like yeah, loving it. But even that that Steve fight, like it, to be honest. I didn't love, I got a great pop in the build and didn't love like the hockey. It was a bit too oh, hokey for me. Where did we get that from? I know. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit well, too expensive, much. those jerseys, isn't it? Just yeah, like dollars yeah. each. Like, fucking leaving like, two Paul of them. Paul got wrong, didn't he? Um, Bra- yeah. uh, Graves had to get it, correct him. But he didn't call them the Penguins, did he? He called them the Steelers, I think. I was like, yeah. long sport, mate. Even I know that. <laughs> I'm not even American. Come on. Well, <laughs> like, what we've. Kind of talked about that swan song was insane by Kevin Owens. Yeah. The snap, and like I just say, just about got him. But you know, I think, tail, mate. He yeah, literally landed on his ass. He could have really seriously hurt himself. Like, he's always been up for a, up for a bump. He Kevin Owens in this one, Owens. I thought, like, yeah. the blood, like, and that was a surprise. I know they wiped it away eventually, but they kind of let it go. Like, they yeah. can't, he pretty much was like a, 
an old school blade job, wasn't it? It felt very like he was channeling a new jack in this match. It felt very ECW, just like wild doing a load of shit that you wouldn't. Teddy Funk, where he had the t shirt, so I think he yeah. was starting to pay tribute as well to the, mm. to the Funker. But yeah, more so that, yeah. Terry I Funk think... never did a fucking swanton off from the crowd and onto onto a table. He'd done a few moonsaults, JP. Him and Foley. Yeah, if he made it to AW, time. he probably would have. He'd be yeah. doing Canadian destroyers, wouldn't he? Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think I said on the pre-show, JP, if there was one outsider that was going to win, oh, sorry, on the weekend show, mm. it was the Judgment Day winning the tag belt, and it just fits the story of Candy coexist and stuff like that and drag it out and see where, who's going to turn on who. But yeah, as you say, they've earned it though, JP. People like, well, myself included, go on about the bloodline. They've been a good act on Raw for a, a yeah. long time now and they've got all the belts, briefcase, let's see where they go and maybe a War Games, a Survivor Series with Jay, Sammy, Kevin, Cody, something like that. I don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, we, we'll have to see. Only time will tell. But the rest on the show, yeah, you know, LA Knight, you know, he was over, but 15, like have 15 to go, minutes too long. Did it have to go 15 minutes? Was, but yeah, if it was 15 it, minutes, it was still 15 too long. It yeah, was long. It, yeah, it was no need to be that long. And even with Cena in there trying to give him his endorsement, that felt a bit like rushed and a yeah. bit like unnecessary, you know. But I do like, yeah, with LA Knight, though, I do like the fact of like, and I'm big on this, but like everyone's glad of the opportunity and even the characters are glad to be there. No, he's like, fuck this. I own this. You know what I mean? He doesn't buy down. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And to the fans, even he just gives them a look, you know, like, like a Steve Wood. He doesn't bow down to them in a way, which I like. But the rest, Fairy and Ray, was a SmackDown match at best. It wasn't you even know. that good, mate. How, yeah. can, how can you have 15 minutes with Ray Mysterio and deliver that? Do you give up Possibly. on Fairy? You can tell, like, he's no part He's given up of, on like, himself. Yeah, bang, he's below bang average. I think Grayson Waller's even gone up above him in like you know the, the stakes are like heel buys and stuff like that on the mic and stuff, mm. which I don't know what says about him. But me and Raquel, I built it up on the weekend show, bit of a letdown. You know, it was they tried to have a go and longer with Rhea matches, but it still needed Dominic to come in and just you know and, and give the little distraction and stuff like that. But I think they're going for a rematch as well, so. I don't know about that one, but the main event, JP, like it was always going to be Ben. Oh, I'm going to use your line. It was a three point what two five. We knew what it going in, what it'd be like, and good to see the great Mutant at ringside. To be fair, and they've had a go at Nakamura, but no one was buying them winning. That was the main no, thing with this match. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, you know, you know, no one in the world thought he was going to win this match, and that was the main problem. Yeah, yeah. It's, but they're talking about a rematch with them, aren't they? Going off Raw where they had a bit of a pull up. Although Nakamura said he didn't want the belt. He was like, no, thanks. I'm all right, you know. Oh, he just wanted to end him, didn't he, in the in the story. But yeah, it's... I don't know. The, the, as you say, though, JP, you've got to put Gunther and Gable at this next pay-per-view and give yeah. it an Ironman match at two out of three. That with... Raw match was really strong. Yeah. I, I yeah. wouldn't go as crazy as some were going on it. It was like a nice 3.75-star Raw match, I thought. But like a quality above the normal. The chemistry's there, Beno. Yes. The five minute challenge when it kicked this off about a month ago, I was, I was waxing about it. As you say, maybe people are getting over the top because, you know, it's just the chemistry, though. But you know, if they're given 20, 20 plus minutes on pay per view, it could be a match mm. of the year. Can't, it genuinely could be if they get left to their own devices and deliver a match. Fucking great chemistry, these two. Brilliant. Okay. And not even a bloodline argument we could have, Matt. 
But yeah, you show us back then on House on Raw, prolonging the story until even Jimmy at WrestleMania. That's what we're doing. Well, him and Sammy are mates again now because Trigger's broom, you know? Um, What are you going to do? I'm not getting into it. Oh, yeah, (laughs) he he just tried to murder him. So, you know, we're we're all good now. We're on the same side. We're waiting for the big fella to come back so we can have the uh, the proper debate and Roman comes back in about, what, November, December? We'll get there, but I think I do think Cody's. I think that's going to be the thing. He's going to be on SmackDown to build. I think that's what it'll be in a match. Yeah, I think that's going to be the, what the trade turns out to be. Yeah. Uh, maybe like temporarily. You know what I mean? Is that Saudi then? That'll be Saudi, surely. Seen and Cody more than Fastlane, won't it? Do you think? Mm, yeah, that Even like that's sad. Yeah, yeah, mm. that's what it'll be. Yeah. But there's there a lot go. of pay per view time and TV time before we get Phil at Survivor Series, Benno. So. <laughs> And I look forward to it all. <laughs> on that note, unless we've got more to say on uh, do the beef while we were watching that, what were you uh, what were you up to this week, JP? Any any other well, uh, odds and ends you want to mention? I, there is a match I love to to mention on here. And again, I won't bang on too much about this, but Go Shiazaki versus Keno, the N1 victory final. I watched the lick of the N1 victory, just the timing of it was just awful, and it was another bloody tournament. But this was fucking cracking. This was just and they've got good chemistry, they just beat the shit out of each other. Like properly felt like bullets. Some of the kicks in this as well, and Go Shiozaki won, which is what I thought would happen because I just put the title back on him. It's the first time I've seen him without straps on his shoulders. Put it that way, I was like, oh wow, here. And he's been wrestling loads in this tournament, but it was just what you'd expect from a Noah main event. In there, they were just going out there like it was thirty minutes. It didn't really feel like that. I was like, oh, it just got completely sucked into it as well. They were just doing like kind of kick slash chop exchanges with each other as well in, in there. But it was, yeah, absolutely cracking. Really great finishing stretch. I would highly, highly recommend that from, from that. There was the only other notable thing really on that card was the fact, I mean, he's, he's going to challenge Jake Lee in the month he'd hoped to God he wins. Um, Psycho Clown turned up to challenge El Hio to Dr. Wagner Jr., which feels like you'd want to be seeing that in AAA as much as anything. And El Hio's been like quite a staple of of Noah. So you wonder, like, you know, this is a kind of a, a big enough deal to bring in someone like that, like Psycho Clown. Because as we know in AAA, he's he's like the man. He's like he's he's a big he's a big star. Well, he's below um Vikingo, but like he is one of the kind of staples. Certainly when it comes to anything hair and mask related, you always assume he's not that far behind. So I'd highly recommend that. And then I did add Fury Road on Put it that way. I was going to um, ask you, JP, have you seen the clip of the uh, weapons of mass destruction it. match? I did. Did Mate. the fire? <laughs> it's amazing. It, that clip. <laughs> it, it was. Is that when he's put his head in the box? <laughs> well, a lot of it was Ricky Shane Page trying to cut off his feet to points where I felt uncomfortable. I need to watch this like, now. I was like, ah, this is quite hurting. They also had the kiss my foot match, which ended with Mance Warner just biting um, MSL's feet, which is just can only be described as a horrible thing to see on your TV screen. Oh. Um, but. Like I Sounds will like some say, of the stories he'd tell on the old podcast, but anyway. oh, they've got Minoru Suzuki coming in. They're doing these shows like every month. He's at Slaughterhouse. They've got Serena De La Renta. She's back in oh, there. Oh, she's back. Yes, I she's see back that. Now. She's back. Yeah, thought about it there in as well. Fucking years. <laughs> I know. Back now. She's back. Like, but then I said the other thing that they're doing is really it's the Alex Kane push and add him in there with Willie Mack, who I've always kind of liked and is always good, like to a certain level. Suppose in in impact, I never thought that they could have done stuff with him because he's kind of fun enough to watch. But I don't know whether or not if they just sort of look at him and think, ah, it really seem like he's going to be all that all that great. But I I thought this was actually kind of all right. I mean, he went eighteen minutes. Basically, he's Taz 
Alex Kane. He just Taz, and then he's got a load of people at ringside chatting Bommier, which is kind of like like Taz used to have an entourage coming out. It's very, it's it's basically the same, and I'm fine with that because there's been enough time and distance since Taz was wrestling. He's not a big bloke, Alex Kane. He's got like a massive bloke, Mister Thomas, as his like as his um, sidekick out there, as well as like Faye Jackson is is there as well. And the crowd are into it. And you just think, well, he's that's the thing that MLW have always been good at is who is their guy who's kind of unique to them. And it was Jacob Fatu. Then it was Alex Hammerstone. It was MJ, you know, even when they had like MJF, his job was to get Richard Holiday and Alex Hammerstone up upper level, which he did. Surely. Yeah. And they, they're very good at using people to build them up. And so Alex Kane is kind of like their guy. Um, and I thought, yeah, this was, I mean, he went 18 minutes. He, MLW main events are never going to be great necessarily in ring, but I'd go three and a half for it. I thought it was fine. He's a he's a better wrestler than Alex Hammerstone. And yeah, I thought this was okay. Sadly, no donking on there as well. But <sighs> yeah, so they're the things that I saw. I, I tried to watch some of the stardom show. It just didn't it just didn't seem like it was necessarily up to snuff. So I just thought oh, I couldn't do it. And I didn't manage to fit in the All Japan main event that I thought I would. But I feel like I say that most weeks. Because I do actually want to see at some point this was a lot going on this week. This Yuma Aoyagi title run, like that's going on there. But there was a load of stuff on this week, so that's like my wrap up. So if there's one thing to take away from it, watch the N1 victory final. Brilliant. And else you've been watching, Matt? No, I just want to watch. What's that Fiori Road on JP? Is that on YouTube or? It's on the JP drive, mate. I get everything it. else. Uh, that's what it's on. Always legend, JP. Thank you. I'll be watching that definitely this week. <laughs> <laughs> Been watching all the wrestling, Ben, of, at all, really. Just well, outside of the ring's finished, so, you know, we're done, uh, you know, there's <laughs> not an uh, good well, We can watch that Netflix thing with Al Snow, can't we? Got, oh, oh yeah. my God. The legend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wrestling legend, Al Snow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, yes, but was on that note, we're all going to have a lot of homework to do this week. We're watching the uh, FWA uh, ROH show. So, yeah, looking mm. forward to uh, watching that this week for uh, for JP's uh, dealer's choice. Uh, I imagine we'll be recording that at the weekend. So, you got that to that, look forward to. If you haven't listened back, um, obviously, our, uh, our audio from our, our live show in Harrow um, is up as well. But, yeah, and if that's plug you up so much else, Matty, there'll be an episode of Time coming soon as well. I know you've been in yeah. uh, early discussions with uh, Liam about uh, the next episode, but thinking first week or so in October. October, I think that'll be yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. We're all on, but he should have sent the list out here by this, this time you know, this week. Yeah, we've got the list together, and it's, it's. I've had a sneak preview of it, JP. It's looking, <laughs> it's looking very. You said it was the hardest one to get together this time. Yeah, but there's oh. some good stuff on there. There's have you revealed what it's going to be, or are we going to wait? We, we don't know. I don't think no, we are. Oh, yeah, no, no. I'll we'll reveal that in a, in maybe a week or so time or two weeks. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, uh, but it's it's looking good, and I've just to put the shit right up you, Ben. especially, I've got Connor curating the list for my choice of dealer's choice. So, just let you sit on that one. <laughs> great, can't wait. Look, Steve was a great podcast. So, as much as I take the piss, I'll trust you, mate. I'm sure it'll be a great podcast. That's all content game at the end of the day. Long as the and they all were last time. They will be again. I'm sorry. Brilliant. Okay, yeah. On that note, anything else to plug, JP? Anything else to mention? No, that's it. Everything else, I'd say, yeah, Dealer's Choice Month, uh, like you mentioned earlier on, but all roads lead to patreon.com forward slash grapple and go to the YouTube channel as well and hit hit subscribe if you're mm. on there as well. I know we're going to be doing some very exciting stuff with, with YouTube. 
Definitely. Uh, we'll be offering YouTube memberships soon. As I said earlier, uh, the Patreon price uh, will be going yes. on. First time in two and a half years. Um, <laughs> but if you want to get in at the current price and lock it in, you've still got time. So you can do that on you. If uh, you're more of a YouTube-minded person, I think as uh, Dylan was earlier in the chat, stay tuned. But even now, you can, if you've been listening to this on Spotify or or elsewhere, you can uh, watch the uh, the full episode of, uh, of Spotlight. Well, that was a pre-show, um, but the video version um, over on our YouTube, usually put up about 3 p.m., the day after air so yeah look forward to that as well but other than that yeah thank you folks for tuning in we promise next week will hopefully be a shorter one um we've, uh, if not an <laughs> the monster until cm punk does something daft oh. like he'll stab puck about next week have a week <laughs> off yeah. <laughs> what a shout <laughs> quiet week next week we think but we'll see but yeah weekend show friday all the normal stuff but yeah on that note thank you uh, live patrons for tuning in thank you uh, youtubers for uh, tuning in on the video replay and thank you audio listeners for uh, for listening in but yeah thank you to our patrons thanks to Carl Gack Robert Brocky Connor O'Loughlin Eddie Sarbins Chris Platt Simon Gunn and Simon Mulvaney our kings of the mountain and we'll catch you all again on the next one good night all Bye.